Hi guys, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will. We got Brian with us again today. What's up, heretics? And you guys know what we do here. We have the Escape Your Church's Echo Chamber. Learn to think biblically. And of course, challenge the status quo, which always needs challenging. But first, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Join us on Patreon. Patreon. Uh, because I'm go going to be in the next couple months a lot more active on there. And hopefully maybe get you guys some exclusive content. So, uh, But it has helped. Um, with a lot of things here. So we appreciate you guys' giving, especially since we kind of were on a hiatus for a minute. Some of you guys just hung in there. We appreciate that about you. So uh, before we get started, Brian, is there anything you wanted to say? Uh, just that, uh, so we're reviewing, what is it? Happy, shiny people? Shiny, shiny happy, happy people, people, Brian. I can't remember the name of this stupid You've show. watched it twice now. <laughs> You've not shiny, happy people ruined my brain. No, uh, we're reviewing that today, and I think we're going to have maybe a unique take than others. That we've seen online. I so agree with that. I think we're going to make everyone upset. <laughs> Probably will. Um, so, backstory. Shiny Happy People has a... What I, the show is coming out. I was actually getting pretty excited about it. Um, not because I thought they were going to do like an incredible job or anything. But because it kind of is one of those things that hits a little, per, a little close to home for me. Mm -hmm. um, I was raised in the uh, Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement. And the IBLP that they talk about a lot in the Shiny Happy People was greatly influential in the IFB. So yeah. much so that churches I even was in had IBLP. I didn't know that's what it was called. I was like, Institute of Basic Life Principles. Um, had their binders. I actually had a pastor give me that uh, a binder. I was like, oh, you should use this. It's great. You know, they're fantastic. And I was like, I have no idea who this is. But it's okay. the bullet, clearly. Yeah. Woo, man. Uh, yeah, little red binders. Um, it's, it should be a big warning on when not just don't go hopping on big movements in Christianity. Just don't do it. Every yeah. time there's a giant movement in it, it seems like something always comes out. Like, just... Stay away from the fad, man. Yeah, <laughs> healthy dose dose of skepticism does seem to do wonders. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was pretty excited about that. Also, because my wife is one of fourteen kids, and uh, not all biological, twelve adopted. Okay, but her family did know of the Duggars and looked up to them a lot. And I think they knew a family who knew them. I can't. I, I, there's some connection there. I can't remember. Mm. Um, but then I went to college. When many people know on the channel, I went to Crown College, and I went to college with some of the Bates from United Bates. Um, and it was funny because whenever it came up, like, oh, so and so want to date so and so, one of the men guys would be like, heck no, I don't want to be followed around by a camera all day. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, it was like the thing that deterred a lot of the men who were like, nope, nope, don't want to date any of those the, the yeah. Bait girls at here because if we do, they're gonna you might be landing yourself on a show yeah, or a docu series. All the stuff they showed on the docu series, I never saw the show. But all the stuff they're showing clips from the show, I'm like, that is a lot of private times that are they're just showing on TV. 100%. Like even like uh, Josh's wedding night, they like the camera follows them to the hotel room and watches them close the door. I'm like, okay, that's a little too far. No <laughs> camera ought to be anywhere near <laughs> someone's wedding nights. Um, anyway, um, point is. <laughs> <laughs> this show was something I was like, okay, I'm definitely curious what this is going to be. I definitely knew Joshua Duggar was going to be talked about because, of course. Oh, yeah. He's the famous one now. You know, um, but there was definitely some things in this that were really good, things that were really bad, and things that were milk toast. Yep. Um, and so I feel like what's happening with the show right now is that there's a lot of, like, kind of fundy people who really want to put it down and 
I even made my own Facebook post about the last episode because I was def- definitely eye roll and it was eye roll inducing for me. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side, which just wants to jump on and say this is the greatest show of all time that exposed everything about the fundamentalist movement. Yeah, I think both are problematic because yeah. I think this show swung and when it it felt like it swung and hit about as much as it missed. Yeah, Am I, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like. It kind of felt like the guy who's just like hitting random nails that are sticking up and once in a while he's hit a thumb. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about it. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk about it. Um, definitely think it's something that's important for us to talk about, especially because we've dealt with fundamentalism and we've also dealt with progressivism. We've dealt with a lot of things that this yeah. circles around. Yeah, exactly. This this kind of intersected a whole bunch of things that we've been talking about. Um, anyone who uh, is very against fundamentalism will love our takes over the last several years, uh, chiding a lot of fundamentalism and and their issues. Um, if you're, if you're looking for us to go after progressive Christianity, you'll find almost as much content about that as well. Um, I think just, and we're going to, going to kind of, which I want to go back at, by the way, I want to go back to attacking progressivism. But we're going to kind of overview what we thought of the docuseries, the four episodes, and then we're going to kind of jump through each episode and just kind of have some mm-hmm. observations that we made uh, going along. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to talk about some of the things. Uh, I'll talk a little bit personally about some of my struggles. I think I want to do that. Um, went back and forth on whether I wanted to just because I'm like, ah, I don't want to distract. And also it's a little, little it can be uncomfortable. Um, for some people, not uncomfortable for me to share. I'm an oversharer by nature, but uh, uncomfortable for me, I have to listen to it. Yeah, that's true. It would be uncomfortable for you, but it's just because I think it, it kind of helped. It might help shed some light on why uh, on some of these things. Um, Definitely. Also, Brian is uh, also got a fun connection to the docu series. Yeah, in a way that. You didn't catch, I think, when you first watched no, it. No, I didn't even catch it. I caught it. I was watching it. I was like, what, like 11 o'clock at night, and I like took a video. I was like, Brian, look at this. <laughs> um, so this is gonna be funny. You're gonna, you'll enjoy it. I hope. Anyway, yeah, our worlds collided in this one epic docuseries. <laughs> yeah, like I know the Bates, <laughs> and you know this person. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, don't watch this show. Okay, warning. If you haven't watched it, don't watch this show assuming. Uh, that's going to have a good view of Christians. Yeah. I think one of our major points here is that it has a very progressive slant to it. I would say, I would even go as far as it's anti-Christian in a lot of its takes. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that, we'll kind of talk about that as it kind of conflates extremism of fundamentalism and the cult behavior with normal mainstream biblical Christianity. <laughs> yeah, and, and Christian values at, mm-hmm. at large. Um, and even though they might not have directly said it, it was always it was like this overt thing. And you're like, yeah. oh, like, I'm reading between the lines here. I'm seeing what you're yeah. trying to do. So um, one thing I would say, do listen to him on. So one of the themes of the show is what you watch on TV is fake. They have an agenda and just don't trust everything carte blanche that you watch on television, including them. Apply that standard to this show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the irony where they're like, yeah, it's so highly produced, you know, the Duggars and it's, you know, these shows that just, they just had an agenda. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, hi, Pot. I'm Kettle. Plus, have you ever watched reality television shows? Does it, was the producer of the show like the first ones ever to go, oh, I guess reality sh- TV isn't that real. You mean reality <laughs> TV has fakeness all yeah, over it? It does. Whoa, what a shock. I know that's what's funny. Like when I hear people talk about the Duggars 
And I never watched. I, I just had no care. I'm like, I don't care about watching some big family doing their daily life. Mm-hmm. It's probably faker than crap. Yep. And it's like more and more you got to know. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of fakeness. What a shock. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like it's entertainment. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So I, I honestly feel bad for the kids who were raised in it, who like didn't have a choice. And now their entire life, they're going down as a Duggar who was on television from four yeah. years old and had no yeah, or no more, even worse, they're known as just Josh's brother or sister. <laughs> right, like, ah, golly. Um, anyway, so when the uh, so if you grew up, again, in a fundy culture, uh, don't let the idea that they are calling out the crap that you had to deal with make you think all Christianity is bad, too. Because that's one of the things that you see, we see a lot. Um, people are like, oh, all Christianity is bad. And if you raise fundy and all the fundy problems, you kind of, it's, a lot of people throw it out with the bathwater. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, be careful not to just rah-rah this because it's like, oh, yeah, well, they're calling out some of the stuff that I had to deal with. Yeah, those things were bad, but they're also doing a lot of sleight of hand here. Mm-hmm. So just just be a skeptical, observant viewer when you watch this. Which is, I think, what, which was helpful because I think you and I both went in skeptical right off the bat. Yep. Um, so they also promote deconstruction without reconstruction. Yeah. They just want people to deconstruct away. So um, and deconstruction without re- reconstruction is just apostasy. So it's just walking away from the faith. So um, I deconstructed, but I deconstructed slowly. But every time I removed a piece, I found a way to put in a new piece, right? Like, uh, let me deconstruct and reconstruct and figure out what's going on. I have a guy uh, I went to school with at a fundy school that's been messaging me out of nowhere and just saying all the things that he's been studying and learning and changing and rebuilding his views mm-hmm. on. And I, that's been really, really good. So Yeah, and I deconstructed too, and ironically we – deconstructed from very different sides yours more extreme than mine but we came to a very similar center i think mm-hmm. because we both were like well what does the bible actually say i came from a fundy culture you came from a reformed calvinist mm-hmm. culture with a woman pastor yep mine was like the exact opposite it's just super funny like <laughs> yeah. i mean literally i think that's why you and i have fun on this because we're like <laughs> you pulled up some extremes we're, we're on yeah. there on separate areas so Anyway, um, Brian, why don't you talk a minute for about some of the things about how what it talks about with Fundy culture? Yeah, so it definitely it definitely does show how bad Fundy culture is, and we've definitely talked at length about this and many different things. Uh, definitely recommend going and watching our College Rules episode because we really eviscerate some of the crazy stuff that some of these Fundy colleges had. Uh, Look so at what, you, Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, remember him? <laughs> oh, we're going to get like nine tweets about that now. Perfect. Um, I'm sure he still watches. Hey, Bill. So one thing it shows is that lying is extremely prevalent in the mm-hmm. Fundy culture. And we're going to see, I think, we'll talk about this later, but Jim Bob is is the, the kingpin of lies in, in so much of this show. Um, and I think they do a good job of exposing just how untruthful he is. Um, it also looks at and shows you how repressive with little access to education, a lot of this culture is. And they're going to be very anti-homeschool. I'm not anti-homeschool, but I'm anti this kind of homeschool, Mm -hmm. which is essentially not actually school, not an education, and it's really just indoctrination and control. Right, 100%. And I've seen this happen in the homeschool community because I was raised, again, fundy. Um, It was funny to see the types of homeschoolers that were around. Uh, There would be ones where I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's that oppressive, we control everything that you do. And those kids are always weird. There's a lot of weird stuff that happened behind behind closed doors sometimes. And then there was always just the socially awkwardness 
uh, misinformation everywhere. Mm-hmm. They believed a lot of weird, crazy stuff because that's what they were taught. Then there was the other ones that were like pretty normal people who were homeschooled. Like I was part of HSMA, Homeschool Music Association. Um, I was part of HSMA, and the the variety of homeschoolers was jaw dropping. Yeah. Uh, so you had a fairly normal people, and then you had like the oh those types. So I have direct access to uh, that experience. Um, also, because of the way they go about things, they make it easy to control others. And that's a very – and the docuseries is correct when it talks about it. It's very big on authority. Mm-hmm. It really pushes authority, and authority cannot be questioned. So it's no wonder when you start putting pushing that idea more and more, especially on children, why they become so compliant. But, like, uh, the, the one lady made an observation I thought was really good that these children – she saw that children's – these children's wills were broken. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. And that's what they want to do is because they break your will, you become mendable. And if you're mendable, then they can control you. And the whole and they don't look at it as control. They will describe it in other ways, like, well, it's about obedience and mm-hmm. spirituality and having yeah. a contrite heart and meekness and humility. That's the way they're gonna frame it. Um and then it says that uh how it subjugates women and children, that is also very true. Um Women were definitely sub- subjugated in the IFB. But then it's funny because they take that subjugation the IFB has and just completely compare it to complementarianism. Yeah. And it's like that's – the IFB would – the IBLP would say they're complementarian. But that's when you not act- complementarianism. <laughs> yeah, but when you actually look at how complementarianism actually is like articulated, it's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, I think they more like – they took the idea of like an extreme headship patriarchy – and then said, oh, but this is complementarianism. Women stay in the kitchen. You know, yeah. that's like, yeah. that's kind of what the vibe I get. Yeah, I think it'd be good to understand that just because one hierarchy was bad or poorly adapted or extreme doesn't mean all hierarchy is wrong. And I think that's kind of where they're trying to go is that there's any kind of hierarchy that's displayed or shown or believed in at all in Christianity is wrong. And mm-hmm. I think they're they're swinging and missing on that one. Right. Um, so... Um, where they dropped the ball. So they were right on those areas in funny, fundamentalism, right? The lying, the, re- the repressive um, the repressive environment with little access to education or resources, um, very similar to like what a lot of J-dubs do. Mm-hmm. Um, makes it easy to control others and subjugates women and children. Okay. But here's where the show dropped the ball. They were anti-homeschool because they would be – and I, I had some people like, well, no, no, I don't think they're anti-homeschool. I've heard, I've heard some people say that. They were just like being anti that the IBLP type homeschooling. I'm like, but they purposely were like would point out like they did this and they were homeschooled. Like yeah. the kind of the way they worded it was like, mm-hmm. like kind of throwing it all out there. Like all homeschooling is bad. Um, if so, they didn't. If not, they didn't clarify like homeschooling can be a, a great thing or a great option for a lot of families. But the way they did it was incorrect. This docu series did not try to nuance anything. Yeah, most definitely not. And apparently. At least for three months of 2020, apparently homeschool is good for everyone. So <laughs> let's, I think everyone's touched it a little bit if you got kids or, or were a child in the last four years. So. True. <laughs> um, it doesn't show good Christians who are against extreme Christians, and that was annoying to me in the show. And it's possible that like, they could have. Um, we'll talk more about Paula Morgan later. Yeah. Um, but it's possible that some of those families or people were uh, not as extreme Christians who would call out the extreme Christian, but they didn't show that part in, in it because it goes against the narrative they're trying to draw. Yeah. 
Um, like there's that family, there's a family in here who was friends with the Duggars and their daughter was like dating Josh Duggar. Yeah. Jim and Bobby Holt. Yeah. Jim and Bobby Holt. Those two seem like they're Christian folks that Mm -hmm. realize that, okay, maybe these things were extreme. We kind of had the, you know, the scales fall from our eyes. We kind of see things for what they are now, uh, but still faithful. Uh, At Mm -hmm. least that's the vibe I got, but they didn't really get a chance or if they did say anything they didn't include it in the series of them being like this is extreme like god is this, these things but not this yeah. these things you know what i mean like it's you almost have to read between that. the lines that i think they're still christian and they're just like normal biblicists instead of extreme cultists right right so um they mock voices uh which i thought was kind of funny um yeah, they mock voices and looks as if that's, that's an argument, like yeah. the way her she spoke, which I have issues with that, but I just think it was kind of a funny thing. Uh, it doesn't show how Christians protect against this. So, and that's that was the thing that annoyed me too. It's like, yeah, but what about all the Christian ministries that are out there that ha- are calling this out, pushing against it, mm-hmm. fighting against it? There's a lot that do that. There's yeah. a lot of churches that are pretty much focused around that ideal. Yeah. Um, we have fought against that. A lot of groups have fought against these sorts of ideals. They don't want to include those, though. And they also conflate bad Christianity with Christianity and modern conservatism and, like, Republicans and mm-hmm. all of it. Like, they, they just kept equating them more and more throughout. Uh, the lines very much got blurred. Um, what they showed that was good, they showed, uh, well, of course, the, what everyone already knew that, Josh is a pedo. Super pedo. <laughs> Super pedo. <laughs> Terrible, Me- creepy dude. <laughs> Mega pedo. Um, Josh's wife is still loyal to him despite how horrible he is. Did you ever read any of the reports of what Josh was looking at? Just a little bit. Okay. It was super disgusting. Yeah, okay. Like four month old being tortured and stuff oh is like really gosh. screwed up, dude. Um, anyway, Jim Bob is apparently super greedy and controlling, and Jim Bob is a liar. Those are all good things that the show exposed. I thought that that those areas they did just fine with. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think – and so that's kind of our holistic take on it, and we'll get into some of the details. So I just want to set the stage in case you haven't watched it. Let's talk about some of the people that are in it. Bill Gothard's kind of like the central ominous figure along with Jim Bob and Josh. Those are kind of like the three, but – they kind of tie everything back to Bill Gothard. He's the one that established IBLP, um, and they bring that up a lot, and they say that his teachings are what influenced the Duggars and created this situation and, and this family and, and the things that they're pushing for and the goals that they're trying to accomplish was all essentially his mastermind. Um, there's this uh, our intersection <laughs> um, here. So Kristen Dumay is a, actually a professor at Calvin University now. Used to be Calvin College, but apparently they decided to get a little more smug about it because apparently foreign exchange students won't go to a, a college because they don't think they think it's like high school. So it has to be university. So they changed the name. You can tell my opinion on <laughs> based on how I'm describing it. But she's a historian. Was um, it Calvin University when you were there? Was it, it was Calvin now College? it was Calvin College? Okay. Yeah, they they went a lot more woke and a little bit uh, crazy after I left. So. Uh, She's the author of Jesus and John Wayne, if you've heard of that book. Um, it's horrible. Yeah. she's. I've worked on her computer. <laughs> so that's my understanding. I was like, holy crap. But Will's like, don't you – is this person like from when you went to college? And I look, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember her. Right when I, yeah, I showed Kristen Dumay or whatever. Uh, I saw that, and it was like, 
oh, whatever her studies were, like gender studies and something, Kelvin University. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Brian. And then you were like, I think I worked on her computer. Yeah. <laughs> and then you looked it up, you're like, I did work yeah. on her computer. <laughs> um, so yeah, our worlds collided. She's she's very much part of that woke culture. Go ahead and look at her Twitter. Form your own opinion of, of her. But um, it's no surprise based on how we see the agenda of this um, docu-series that she's one of the commentators that they asked to uh, provide historical facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then again, the uh, uh, some other characters in the series, uh, Jim and Bob Holt, uh, Bobby Holt, as we mentioned, friends of Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar. Um, they were my favorite people to hear from. They were really cool. Because I felt like they were the ones who were like, they were shocked by it all, but also had the most decent feedback that uh, from it like i just feel like they're the most like down-to-earth people on the and confronted them like everyone else is kind of like saying oh yeah this is stupid oh yeah this is bad oh yeah my my brother or whatever was going off the reservations and they they actually confront him and and they and they have a falling out seems like with the duggars because of it but seems like they actually felt like we're speaking up and they were speaking up i think out of their their own christian values right and then of course another big couple that was on there was jill and derek dillard um, and Jill is, of course, the fourth-born daughter of Jim, Bob, and Michelle. Um, she was one of Josh's victims. Um, I, I did enjoy hearing from them too, uh, but you could definitely tell that she was raised in the household, and that there's there's mm-hmm. still, there's like a lot of there's a lot of baggage there, man. There's a lot for yeah. her to process. But um, I thought it was really big that they had her on the show. I think that I think that gave this docu series more credibility than me it would too. have had without yeah. her. I, well, I thought that Jim and Bobby Holt and Jill and Derek Dillard were the ones that we should be hearing from throughout. Like, mm-hmm. the, it should have been really them. Um, because it was funny that Christ, Kristen Dumay, she doesn't know the, she doesn't know the Duggars. Yeah. She, she's not associated with the She IPLB. just Googled it and decided to get interviewed. She's like, I have a gender studies major, which is, of course, the most useless degree. <laughs> and let me give you my expertise. And I'm um, pseudo-famous with a couple bad books. Right, exactly. That are mostly re- rhetoric and not actually, you know, mm-hmm. substantial. Um, Jim, so... Um, yeah, Jim, Bob, and Michelle, of course, they're stars of the TV show of the Duggars, uh, with the Duggar family. So, um, Josh Duggar, who's the creepy pedo. And then you have Jen, Jen Sutphin, which I think you and I are going to do a response to her sometime. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, I know. <laughs> you who, knew of her. I didn't know I of her. I knew of her. Uh, and back in my, like, when I was, you know, getting out of the IFB and stuff, this lit girl is the host of. Fundy Fridays, and if you just take a moment to look at her on the show or on the YouTube channel, uh, the moment you see a picture of her, every stereotype you're thinking of is true. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right there. Like, like it's one of those things where stereotypes exist for a reason. And this is funny when I like I work with youth or whenever I yeah. work with people. Um, I say all the time, like, well, your appearance does matter to some degree because it's what you're projecting forth. And whatever you're projecting here can reflect here on what your values are. And it's so funny how that's why stereotypes exist, man. She didn't have to fill the stereotype. She could have done something different. There's a lot of ways you could not fill the stereotype. But anyway, um, but yeah, she everything. She's super left wing. She's very pro LGBT. She also conflates Christianity with fundamentalism like all the time. Um, she's very critical on, on Christianity as a whole, unless you're a progressive Christian, in which case she <laughs> must be pretty okay with you. Yeah. Um, calls Paul and Morgan, uh, the, the people on this show, she calls them even, uh, so this group later on calls them the most evil tag team 
It's a whole She's thing, obsessed man. with these two. So Paul Morgan are, are in episode four as kind of examples of the Joshua generation doing what what Bill Gothard had always dreamed of was Christian influence, influencers all over YouTube. And so she's like obsessed with those right. two. She Which makes a lot of videos about them. Paul and Morgan even say in their own episode uh, about it, like, we actually did not have any idea who IBLP was. Yeah. we They were actually brought on under or brought in at, under the pretense of we want to get a 360 view so you as Christians who are not IBLP give your view. And then what they did is that they shoehorned them in as like the follow-up of the IBLP Joshua generation. Yeah, they're Duggars 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> continuing on the mission online. And you're like, yep, that is why I will probably never, ever, no matter what, accept a contract like that unless I can record the entire thing from my angle. Yeah, yeah, so, we'll talk about them a little yeah. more. But this lady hates them. Yep. Hates them. And I'm familiar with her. Um, And so right when I saw the Fundy Fridays girl, I about that's when I was like, this show has revealed itself. I had the Jesus John Wayne lady, and it's got Fundy Fridays. This is a left-wing, hardcore progressive take to take down Christianity and use the Duggar's face to do so. Yeah. Just saying. Um, it is it is amazing. The more you know about these sorts of things, you know, the more you know. Um, you can smell an agenda from a hundred yards away. And that's what happened as soon as I saw that the Jesus and John Wayne lady that mm -hmm. went to your university. And then College. I saw Fundy Fridays. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where they're going with this. <laughs> because otherwise, you know, otherwise, why wouldn't they have other people who, have, who are Christians who have attacked fundamentalism also uh, or IBLP or that sort of group on when there's plenty yeah. of Christians who have done the same? Well, we can't do that because that would actually that could help play into the Christian handbook. We got to just keep it all yeah. away. You can say I'm being cynical all you want, but I think the proof is in the pudding. I'm suspicious the other Christian influencers that they feature on episode four of the docuseries are because of this YouTuber saying, you need to check these other fun, crazy funnies out because they're just as bad as the Duggars. And that, that's my theory. I have no evidence besides just seeing her use the same exact clips that the docuseries uses in her own YouTube channel. So nothing but pure conjecture, but the shoe fits so far. Yeah, logically, it seems like it makes sense. Right. Um, she gets mad at Paul and Morgan because Morgan repents to her husband for having sex before marriage with someone else. And she's just like, this is outlandish. And I can't believe she's apologizing. She should have to apologize for having sex with another man before marriage. Not like she cheated on her, but just like from a previous yeah, relationship. Just before she met him, she had had a long-term relationship and had sex with him and they did not get married and so she apologized to him for not being his first and doing it the right way the christian way also that's a very christian thing that's like yeah. christians doing christian stuff christians believe in sex at marriage mm -hmm. not before marriage and we recognize when someone does before marriage it's a sin and it is wrong and you shouldn't do it and that you know you should repent of it and she was like she equates that with purity culture and i'm like so anyway, I'm not a fan of Fun Day Fridays, girl. Um, is she, you'll you'll see. We'll we'll do a response video to her at some point. And let's just do one clip of her, just so you can kind of understand why we're being so harsh. So this is her in her own words uh, from her own YouTube channel. Paul and Morgan, I need you to know this. I understand this. Sh 
on a visceral level, we have a lot more in common than we do different. I also struggle with mental illness. I've been traumatized. I've lost friends. I'm in a lot of pain, but I don't take that pain and project it onto others and demonize and assign moral failure to normal human interactions. What I'm saying is there is no excuse for this problematic, hateful, and ignorant behavior that both of you are guilty of. It's not funny or cute. People are dying because they can't live with themselves because of the teachings of your religion and sometimes just the words that come out of your mouth. Do better because I know you're capable of it. From her own words, your religion. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so not your version of it. She just doesn't like Christianity as a whole. And also, it is funny how she says, like, well, I'm not condemning people and projecting uh, from my past experiences when she literally just spent like an hour and a half video yeah. attacking Paula Morgan. And um, she calls them fundies all the time. They're so not fundies. And if you, if you listen to so here's the thing. Okay. If you I'll, know fundies and watch them, you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, if you actually know who fundies are, you know that they would not be singing Adele covers. Okay? <laughs> like, do you even know? Yeah. Um, Paul and Morgan are big YouTubers. Uh, and, like, and like Brian said, they show up in episode four. And they're big Christian YouTubers. I don't get the fad. I honestly, like, I have nothing against them. But yeah. I have always found their content to be kind of cringy and shallow. Um, it wouldn't be what we would consume. And yeah, probably most of our viewers wouldn't either. Yeah, I don't think that's something that's up my alley. Um, maybe it's been a blessing to somebody else. But I could just, you know... I feel like it's definitely like a personality thing more than anything. It's like a vlog more than yeah. anything of merit. I always feel like it's more of vlogging Christianity. Um, but yeah, if trust me when I say that comment's very rich coming from Jen at Fundy Fridays. But yeah. anyway, so with all of that long 30 minute ramble, <laughs> um, I think we should get into our thoughts on each episode. Does that sound like uh, sound like a plan? Sounds good. So, so we're, we episode wanna, one. Yeah. So now that we've kind of gone through all that, we want to talk about each episode individually and what we think about each episode and what's revealed in each episode. Now, keep in mind, we can only work with what we, we've, we've been given. I have not watched the Duggars show at like through. I've seen clips and that's it. Like I have. It was your desire to. <laughs> I have I have less than this. I'm like in the negative. 229 episodes. Who's got that content? Yeah, and I just don't care. Like I never, I've never been interested in the show. Like uh, never, ever, ever. So I can't Along say though. with most reality shows. <laughs> right. Though, I think the most recent one I've ever gotten into was Lego Masters. And that's just because <laughs> Legos are involved. So I'm just here to see cool things being Nerd. built. Or whatever. My so, man, high five. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um... I think you should put a picture of our Lego Millennium Falcon that you have next to you. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so let's talk about it. All right, episode one, Institute of Basic Life Principles, uh, IBLP for short. Um, they're basically the evil villain of the show, okay? Which I thought was interesting since Shiny Happy People was mostly supposed to be all the Duggar family, I thought. Yeah. And they really kind of did like this like bait and switch over to the IBLP, which I'm not saying is unfounded i just thought it was a bit of a curveball when there's a lot of iblp focus of course i didn't realize i guess that the duggars were like spokespeople or at least it, yeah they were at least pushing it right but it definitely shows that that culture and i, yeah. I kind of appreciated that because the culture i just felt like it was a little bit more like oh i guess we're really focusing on this um so Brian, to be fair, a, the culture that they were espousing wasn't just IBLP. It was correct. just kind of general fundamentalism in right. Christian culture. So now with that, uh, Brian, you wrote down a timeline. I thought this was actually really helpful. It was just – I watched it twice to kind of get this timeline because they kind of – they do uh, lay it out, but it's kind of extenuated and it's kind of hard to – 
piece all together. And there's some things they put in later that I added to this timeline now for episode one. So 1984, Jim, Bob, and Michelle meet. Um, that's the spark of all of this, right? Um, and then their kind of initial claim to fame is in 1997. They attend this pro-life rally. They apparently somehow get to meet the governor, which I think is Mike Huckabee at the time, which apparently is another villain of this of this docuseries. I don't have a lot of opinions on Huckabee, but apparently they don't like him. Um, and I do know that he has defended the Duggars, so shame on him for some of those things if he was wrong. Um, and then this is kind of when Jim Bob gets this idea to be famous, like, oh, I can this can be my my ministry to kind of be out there and be politically motivated, and that's how I can get people to to follow the Christian way. And that's a big thing in, fun, in a lot of the fundy cultures is this idea of your ministry, your ministry, your ministry, your ministry. What is your ministry? And if what is your ministry? Well, if your ministry is that you can get famous and push your beliefs on others, then boom, that's a ministry, right? Like if I can become famous, impress my values on others. Um, and there is like, and it's funny because there's like a lot of truth to that too. Like, okay, what's a way I can minister to people? Getting the truth out there. Well, if I have a larger platform, the larger the platform I have, the more I can proclaim God's truth. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. That would be ministerial. But their version of it is a little bit different where it's like not just that, but it's also like all these other tidbits, like all, all like w- what women do in the home, how many children you should have, the mm-hmm. quiverfold mentality, the, the way you homeschool, the curriculum you use, the music you yeah. listen to. So for them, it's a little bit different. But anyway. Yeah. Keep going, Brian. So this this part they just kind of mentioned, but they don't give you the years. So I had to look this up. So 1999 to 2003, Jim Bob serves two terms uh, for District 6 for – someone told me this the other day, so I'm going to say it today. Arkansas. I can't unsee it now. It's not Arkansas. It's Arkansas. Anyways, Arkansas's state, uh, House of Representatives for the state. He served two terms there, two two-year ter- terms. And then what I've inserted here into the timeline, this comes up later. So 2002, so while he is a state rep is when Josh molests his sisters and apparently some others as well. So I bring this up just because it's not just, I think it's, it'd be foolish to blame just fundamentalism on Josh. I think there's a lot of factors on how he came to be super creepy and doing terrible things. But at this point, they even mentioned that he's, they call him like little governor or something like he's visiting the the governor's office. Obviously, he's getting a little bit of notoriety, at least in the in the legislature there in Arkansas. So this is when that while Jim Bob is a rep is when this happens, um, at least the first time. Um, and then also in 2002 is when Jim Bob decides to run for U.S. senator. So that's a lot more notoriety, a lot more visibility. Um, the family is apparently noticed and New York times does some kind of picture of them in their magazine and then they get a profile done of them in parent magazine. And then that's how discovery notices them. And that's why we have this crazy show. Um, in 2004 is when they do this initial one hour documentary from discovery. And that leads into then 2008, which is the launch of the 19 kids and counting TV show, um, which is mostly the focus of this docuseries. And then fast forwarding ahead, 2015, so while that show is going on is when news breaks of Josh molesting his sisters. And then also that same year is when the Ashley Madison website is hacked, which is a website helping uh, married people hook up outside of marriage. So his name shows up on that. And then he's also, also that same year news comes out that he's apparently slept with a porn star. So this guy's just doing all kinds of terrible things left and right. So 2015, bad year for Josh. <laughs> bad year for Discovery 2 and TLC and the Duggars and everyone else. But um, And obviously 
pretty bad for his sisters that were victims because they had to do TV interviews about it, which is super, super disgusting. Yeah, it's crazy actually what they did with the younger girls like when in their teenage years. They were like, oh, so tell us about your molestation experience. And like yeah. they had to like, like they went in there and like talked yeah. about like, oh, yeah, no, I think my brother... You know, I love him. And I, like, I'm like, that's just a really horrible position to put like young girls in yeah. after that. Cause it's like, you know, she says now she's like, I wish I'd never even put partook in that interview. It's like, yeah, no doubt. Why would your parents put you in that? Yeah. Position? Shame on her parents like, for letting that happen. My parents, if, that, if I was someone would be like, no, we're done with the show. Stay away from my family. I got to mm-hmm. focus on my family. Get out, get my kids off the TV. We're not going to sit there and monetize what happened to them. But instead, uh, yeah. you're like, no, 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 go, go on the interview. Like, yeah. And that's where the shiny, happy people thing comes from, right? Because, oh, got to put on that good face. Got to show that you're fine, that it wasn't affecting and downplay it and say how much you love your brother. And it's disgusting. Yeah, it really was. It was just like, it's so cringe inducing where you're like, oh, these poor kids. Yeah. Um, and so some of the quotes, um, are these are from the first episode. For, yeah. These are from the first episode. So Michelle population, Michelle is it talk, Michelle population. Michelle, <laughs> Uh, Duggar says that overpopulation is a myth in her little, in her little fundy voice. It's a yeah. Myth. And they're trying to show her like, Oh, look, look at the crazy thing. She said, that's already been proven as it, that was true. It was a myth. Yeah, overpopulation was, is a myth. Like we're the, we have the world population is so much bigger than it was. And we've through a lot of different inter- innovations. The world can obviously handle a lot more people. Dude, in the eighties, they were saying it's overpopulated. We're going to die in 10 yeah. years. Here we are. <laughs> like, um, and then uh, Institute raises uh, – then they say that the Institute raises little predators, which um, is probably a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. It creates a culture that can allow for it. I did make the comment to you that I think it may it, – that that culture could turn people into predators that would have in a normal society not been, been predators. Mm-hmm. And that's mainly because of what that culture – kind of perpetuates and creates amongst itself because usually in normal society, those terrible urges that you have aren't allowed to be acted upon. So if somebody has those, they, they would have had like checks and balances, so to speak, to make sure that they couldn't and been pointed at a better direction for healthy responses. But because that wasn't there, I think some of these people who probably wouldn't have been actually became that and it got worse. We'll talk more about that later. There's um, psychologists have talked a lot about this. Dr. Jordan Peterson has talked about a lot of the uh, the development of sexuality and in, in, like from children to teenagers to adulthood mm-hmm. and the way it all works psychologically. There's been a ton of studies on it. It's been really fascinating. Um, I did a big study. I did a big deep dive on that um, a while ago, but it's really fascinating. We'll talk about it a little bit because and the reason why I did the study is because I've known so many people in the funding world where one of the kids turned out to be a creep who touched children or um, got involved in like hooking up with same the same sex and all sorts of crazy stuff um, or like Josh Duggar with like a hooker and all these mm-hmm. other like I know a lot of people with weird sex addictions and sex problems from that culture and come to find out there's been a, there's a lot of reasons for it and we'll talk yeah. about that probably toward the end I'll go on my tangents there yeah um, we're not denying that there seems to definitely be a strong correlation there and it does breed a culture that allows it to happen or maybe even incentivizes it in some ways um, inadvertently and but I'll but I think it's a little bit of an unfair exaggeration of saying it raises these little, it's like because well, that's also kind of saying like anyone who's involved like now if you say well I am not because of the show 
oh yeah, well my family is part of the IBLP. Now they're gonna be like, oh, so you're a bunch yeah. of creeps and pedos. It's like, well, no, it's just it, it did create a culture that could create that that would allow for that to get out of control. Yeah, but th- not necessarily that that's what they're intending to raise. Well, they interviewed on the docu series several other guys that were in part of the IBLP. And I'm going to assume that they are not pedophiles. Right. So it wasn't 100%. But it was a lot, and it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I actually thought episode two, um, to jump into episode two, our yeah. thoughts here, I thought episode two was my favorite because I think it dealt a little bit more with the fundy culture. Um, so for me, I resonated with episode two the most. Yeah. I think it was more balanced, too, in general. Yeah. So, But um, episode two, it does start showing the fact that the, the show does seem to be very anti-homeschooled, um, homeschooling in general. Yeah, it seems to actually... They, insinuate it strongly that homeschooling is a response to um, uh, desegregation of the public schooling system in the 50s. And they say, oh, yeah, ATI definitely its its goal for homeschooling was, you know, was super racist. And I'm like, let me look the dates up. So Brown versus Board of Education is 1954 is that ruling. ATI doesn't start until 1984. That's 30 years. <laughs> Now, are there people in ATI that were probably still super racist? There probably. There probably were some. But I think they even state it, right? In the documentary, it says, well, we want to avoid brainwashing in public schools. So even by their own statements, they're not saying something super racist. They're just saying they don't want to be a part of the public school system because they think it's pushing worldly cultural brainwashing on the kids which fast forward to 2023 exactly <laughs> fast forward to now <laughs> like was he wrong though <laughs> um that's why i i've already said my kid uh if i can if i will go do whatever it takes my child will not go into a public school period yeah. Um, just with all the stuff I, that's out now, like, no thanks. You can say whatever you want about me. Oh, well, your kid's not going to end up like all the other kids. Yeah, I don't want my kid walking down the hallway identifying as a cat. I don't yeah. know if you know this. There's actually a school locally that has kids that identify as cats. Mm. They actually have litter boxes in the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. I'm not kidding. That's local. Right I now. had a parent-teacher conference for my son, and they were saying, yeah, we're still working on some of some of the pronouns he's kind of struggling with. I was like, well, to be fair... The school district itself is struggling with pronouns because you remove them for the entire handbook. So I'm not, if I'm not really worried about him because you guys seem to have a tr- problem with it. So, and that was a public school. Now he's not out. Now in the public school anymore. But good call. Like I said, no one did public school in 2020. Mm. So <laughs> exactly. And actually, a lot of people. And actually, homeschool rates continue to go up after that. Yeah, because a lot of people huge have, shift. They're like, oh wow, it's actually kind of nice to have my kids at home and having family time. Hey, my kids can still learn at home and have a social life. Imagine that. Yeah. And I don't think it's because they're racist, actually. We also start to see a little bit of this bait and switch starting to happen um, with conflating the crazy things that IBLP pushed and the fundamentalism pushed and biblical Christianity and just standard beliefs. Um, this is this is one order of things from episode two. They say, oh, they don't believe in evolution. They believe that there is this worldwide flood. They, I didn't even understand this point. Something about atoms in your hands not being living i was like i don't know what that means um and then rock music is satanic i'm like okay so the first two standard christian beliefs in general obviously there's a lot of different flexibility and and broadness in christianity with with regard to evolution and creation and how old the earth is all that stuff all that being aside that generally there's a lot of christians that don't believe in evolution that aren't fundies and 
there are many cultures in the world that believe in a worldwide flood outside of just Christianity. Um, so they kind of take the two normal ones, they conflate it with the two crazy ones, they're like, see, look at all this crazy stuff they're saying. And so that's the bait and switch that I think we start to see a little bit more in episode two. Yep, definitely. Like, I mean, you have Stephen Meyer, who is a very well-published author and scientist himself. He's an old earth creationist. Like he does not believe evolution is true, but he believes in an old earth. Uh, and he's definitely not like a fundy. Mm-hmm. Um, there is Jonathan McGlatchey, uh, who, who's a, you know, a friend of mine and been on the channel, been on the channel. Great. Talk about doubts.com plug. Um, the, He's not an evolutionist, but he believes in an old earth and he's not a fundy. So it's just, it's funny because they started just like showing, like they started equating these worldwide flood. Dude, so much of Christianity believes in a worldwide flood and Judaism. <laughs> and it's like, so what? They're all crazy. Um, and there's a lot of other cultures, like Brian said, that believes in that. And there's other people who believe that the worldwide flood was a worldwide flood with Noah, but it was a, a, yeah, a localized flood. Like a localized flood. Doesn't matter. Point is, is that they, 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 this is where they start equivocating. And this mm-hmm. is why like the key and I need to be paying attention because the way they were wording was like yep see how nuts these people are yeah um so anyway and then they get to this one and you have some insight on this to me just as an outsider of the fundamental community i was just like ah that was a little bit low below they start making fun of the way michelle duggar talks and i'm just thinking like okay i think i feel like she's imitating like an ideal in that culture and we see imitations of other ideals and other cultures happen all the time. Case in point, we were talking earlier about, <laughs> about people meeting stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, 100%. Cause you want to, you want to, you want to be part of that group. So you, yeah. you shape yourself to be like the group. If I said girl, teenage voice, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And we'll insert this clip here. Cause it's one of my favorites. So hot coffee, hot coffee. Okay. Room for cream. Totally leave room for Craig. Why are you talking like that? Why are you talking like that? Because this is my voice? This is my voice. No, it's not. I heard you talking a minute ago. I know you don't talk like that. Neither do you, because nobody actually talks like this. You choose to talk like this, and today I chose to talk like this. Pretty f- annoying, isn't it? Why are you so rude, man? Just stop doing that. I can't help it. This is my voice. No, it's not. It's an affectation that annoying teenagers and rich people use to sound like they don't give a shit. Except you work in a coffee shop, so I know you're not rich, and you don't look like a teenager. But you can see that there's that, there's different cultures have different silly voices that they do to imitate, to try to be like someone or try to mimic the ideal. Which is, I mean, you see the same thing with like gay man voice, like people talk about that all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like oh, what, right when he talks, you can tell he's gay because he has to put on this this voice it's like not very often you run into somebody who would say like i'm a outspoken homosexual but then it talks just like it like this like mm-hmm. talks like a normal guy um i don't know if i'm considered a normal guy but whatever not. we're gonna okay <laughs> well my nasally voice probably isn't helping me so this is maybe i'm a bad example um but then also the southern draw that pastors use all the time like it drove me nuts in the fundamentalist world that people from like Michigan and New York would like put on a fake Southern accent because that's what's expected. Um, so it is a silly thing to bring up, but in the, uh, and to a degree, but in the IFB world to give you my insight here, at least from my, from where I've sat, I'll be curious for those of you, we have a large listener group that lists that is from the IFB too. So tell me what you think down below in the comments, but what it says is all performance based and it's all about your appearances. You have to constantly be making sure that you are projecting the ideal 
Because if you're not projecting the ideal, you're not considered godly enough because they equate you shaping yourself with that ideal to godliness. Mm-hmm. And so the it's, not, men, it's their ideal, not the actual Christian ideal. <laughs> right. So that's why you get these preachers who like, um, I knew, like I, there was a pastor I knew that uh, was an associate pastor at my church growing up. Now is at a, a pastor's own church. And he has a southern accent talk that he kind of does. And you're like, why? <laughs> why do you do that? You're like, a better and, Christian in the South, and, I guess. <laughs> and when they preach, they, you know, uh, that's the high man. Like, that's what that is, is that fake, over-the-top performance. And it's all about that creating the shiny, happy people. Like, the men are like these tough southern cowboys, and the women are these delicate little flowers. And that's, <laughs> and that's what they're trying to... That's the image that they mm-hmm. want to project. So that's the image they try to get everyone to conform to. Uh, there was a girl I went to school with, uh, and she would, you know, she'd sing on the platform. When she talked, she talked like that. Um, she was like paraded around the college as like the ideal girl. Then when, uh, on graduation night, me and a bunch of buddies went to the movies, which was not something you do at the uh, Independent Baptist uh, World. You do not go out past curfew. You did not go to movie theaters. We did anyway because we don't care. And oh, so we went there, and, uh, and in our uh, and we were in the parking garage, and we see this girl like straight up like eating her boyfriend's face, like just oh, making <laughs> out. And uh, we went by, and of course, we we. We heckled. Um, <laughs> what do you, you start want? whistling. I was like 20 years old and immature. What do you want? I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, not surprised at all. I, mean, I was with some friends. We heckled for a minute, and then we took off. And why? Shoot, goodness, they look so annoyed. But the point is, but I went away. Like, see, and I, I even thought I was like, it was all fake. But of course, it's fake. Like, and this is what kills me. Like, when everyone's like, uh, I hear people who leave the fundamentalist world, and they go, "Well, all of it was just so fake." I'm like, yeah. Wasn't that obvious? Like, I remember I was there, like, yeah, this just seems like it's, it's so fake uh, the entire time. Like, this just seems like yeah. they're just trying to put on a show. And sure enough, that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah, it's not unique to fundamentalism, though. <laughs> it's not unique to fundamentalism. Every group does it. They put on these fake performances to conform to the group around them because they want to mirror that group around yeah. them. Um, which is why people say all the time, be careful who your friends are and mm-hmm. be careful who you associate with. Anyway, so uh, what are some of the quotes from that yeah, episode? So some interesting quotes. I think this one was maybe Jill, but I can't remember. Um, they said, you were taught everyone has a spiritual gift, and you have to determine what that gift is and use it for ministry. And me, not being a fundamentalist, I'm going, well, isn't that what all Christianity believes? That we, like, all have spiritual we all have spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit, and you use them for ministry. Yes. <laughs> and I would maybe say more than just one. I would say I think the Holy Spirit equips us with all of them to some extent, but... Yeah, so for in the fundamentalist world and in the IBLP world, they mean this as like a personality test, like the Enneagram or Myers Briggs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a prophet, you're a hard preacher type. If you're a servant, you like to, you enjoy serving others. Um, if you're a mercy, you are loving and nurturing. There's there's yeah teachers. They said they kept like most of the women were just given mercy. Yeah, they're like assigning true. them the spiritual gift. Yeah, this yeah. is yours. <laughs> so it's a so that's kind of what they mean by that. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was a weird thing to bring up a little bit just because I'm, like, I'm familiar with the teaching. I even taught it for a period because I was like, oh, that's what, but, but it means. And I read more on spiritual gifts. Like, that's not what that means. <laughs> I'm stupid. But um, <laughs> uh, but you want to um, – this happened here. Like, it's just like, okay, well, 
I don't, at least in my experience, maybe I'm wrong. If you were like raised on IBLP and they use these spiritual gifts teachings to like manipulate in some way, shape or form more, let me know. But I just didn't really see it as ever heavily emphasized, but I could be incorrect, but just let me know. They could have explained it. I think better if that was really their point. They kind of talked a little bit about some of the spiritual gifts and said that they're a little bit manipulative, but I was like, but in general, spiritual gifts is something Christianity on a whole believes. Right. Which is goes (laughs) as the whole baby bathwater kind of thing we were talking about. Yep. Um, they talk about this blanket training idea, and uh, I think this is Michelle says, we're breaking the rebellious spirit that they're born with. And I was like, ha, Augustinianism. Yep, back to <laughs> Original August- sin doctrine. Back to Augustine, original sin and his problems. Yeah, if you're a little bit, I mean, at least if you believe that you're born with guilt and you're born guilty, you're born evil against God, she's at least being consistent. She's trying to break the evil will in the yeah. child early. Trying to prevent him from sending more. She's trying to save him, his, save his soul, spare the rod, spoil the child, kind of thing. Yep. Um, that's the problem when you don't look at babies as innocent before God from the moment of birth. Watch our original sin episode if you want to do a deep dive into that. But we don't affirm it at all. And this is, I think, just one more example of weird, crazy stuff Christians do when they adopt this this non orthodox view of humanity. True. The show uh, also was heavily produced, as they say. So they're talking about the Duggars. They say the show was heavily produced, but it's a TV show. Who didn't know that? <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, that's what gets me when people are like, oh, my goodness, everything I believe was a lie. And it's like, again, it's highly produced. The, the show that's complaining that the Duggar show is heavily produced is heavily produced. Yes, exactly. It's like this, uh, this show that you're watching now is produced. Not heavily, though. We're no. on a budget, folks. <laughs> what you see is what you get. But there is production value, mm-hmm. um, even though we're still using our old camera here because uh, the other one's in, re- in for repair. But, point, <laughs> which goes back to back to show, not high production yeah. values. <laughs> but the whole thing here is it's so silly because it's like, uh, again, um, hey, uh, kettle pot called he said you're black yeah so i feel like that's like the whole like theme like did you know this is not how they actually are and i think maybe that was make when it kind of like maybe for some people were that was kind of like the the watershed moment they're like oh wait the duggars are just like everyone else they just they got caught up they have they have sin and craziness that they're doing they're trying to hide sin just like everyone else does Oh, okay. So like everyone else, well, this isn't that interesting anymore. <laughs> so, so now my I, like, so some people idolize them, right? Mm-hmm. And that idolization, that that which they were idolizing, fell apart in front of yeah. their very eyes, which shattered them, right? Yeah. When you idolize humanity, this is what happens, right? And then the other people who were probably found it really interesting and like uplifting were like, oh, never mind this. Mm-hmm. Like I said, not as interesting as yeah. it used to be. Boring, just like every other family <laughs> yep every they year. got all their crap and they're just trying to hide it yep um it's the problem when you put your uh personal life on as a tv show in front of the entire world which yeah. is a problem so now the other thing that really kind of bugged me here was they did kind of demonize this whole idea of saving yourself for marriage and i and we've spoken out against the whole purity culture movement on this show where that takes it to an extreme, but Christianity believes that you should save yourself for marriage. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be uh, committing sexual promiscuity. You shouldn't be sexually immoral. Like, just follow what the Bible says um, right. on that if you are a Christian. But they seem to 
conflate this or relate this directly to Josh already molesting his sisters by the time that he's saving himself for marriage when he's engaged and they're almost kind of mocking him over this that he oh I can't believe he, he already molested his, his sisters why isn't he having sex now like well, isn't he hypocritical and I'm, I'm just thinking like is is this the way I took that as well if you molest your sisters you should just sleep with your girlfriend too. That's the producers of this show, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. It's funny when you mentioned that because, like, oh yeah, they get it kind of like, yeah, he must be his sisters, and then he's trying to, and he's saving himself from marriage. Can you believe the audacity? Can you be, believe he's being sexually chased after not being sexually chased? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of people that or, have tried that. Or like, you know, he's not like, on the molestation side, but like just. Oh, I made made some mistakes. Now I'm gonna try not to. Or were they trying to say like he's willing to molest his sisters but not sleep with his girlfriend? So there, there must be he must be crazy. It's like, well, no, he was definitely crazy. But I don't. Know, I just thought that was it was a weird thing where that's like they were focusing so heavily on that. But it's there's also, so much ammo against Josh. That's not one of them, <laughs> right? Right. Like, like that would be an area where like, wow, we're actually kind of surprised that he yeah. was trying to be chased after what he did with the sisters. That's a little jacked up. So yeah. I don't know. It just seems very. Very strange. Goodness gracious. I got, I, I almost hate, I feel dirty almost talking about it because I just like, someone says, I'm like, those poor girls will never be able to escape people yeah. talking about it because now it's just like, it's always talked about. And here we are even talking about it. One of the reasons why I almost, I was like, I don't even want to do this because I didn't want to talk about it mm -hmm. because I'm like, they deserve privacy, but it's all over the place. Yeah. So I was like, if nothing else, maybe we can push back against some of this stuff um, that needs to be pushed back against. Well, and one thing I want to ask you, Will, is at the end of episode two, they're talking about adult women being spanked, like this, the these wisdom booklets or whatever apparently don't exclude adulthood from when you can be spanked. And there's like husbands are spanking their wives as some kind of disciplinary measure. Is this... Is that common in the IFB that circles that you ran in? Or Look, man, whatever weird. people are into, they're into in <laughs> oh, their marriage, <gosh>. okay? <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, so I never experienced that. Even I was exposed to the IBLP a lot. I was never, like, I never heard of spanking your wife as a disciplinary issue. Mm. I Now, I heard that with kids, there was, with your children, there was no mm -hmm. age limit. Like, I went to Fairhaven Baptist, and there, I mean, their high, high school academy students would get spankings for their demerits. Yeah. Uh, with, like, they had, like, a, a paddle and everything that they would, the boys would line up, they'd go upstairs, line up outside of the gym, and they'd get their dues. Yeah. Um, we even have emails to us where I, I literally brought tears to my eyes. People were counting their stories of being, like, paddled as a kid in these schools, and I terrible it was well, i remember i did not know that when i was at fairhaven and i was like hey what are those guys up there like oh yeah they got demerits out the day from misbehavior um misbehavior could be anywhere from like not ironing your shirt to all sorts of stuff and you get like a you get a spanking per i think five demerit was oh my five demerits at the time <laughs> it's and like credit like, card miles but the wrong way <laughs> and i was like wait so they actually spank them i'm like yeah i'm like isn't he like 16 they're like yeah i was like isn't he like 17 like yeah of course you know spare the rod you know, like, does. spare <laughs> the rod spoil the child kind of stuff and oh i was like gosh Wait, like, so you're spanking teenage boys? I was like, if you ever tried to hit me, I, I straight up said, like, if you ever tried to hit me with that, I'd snap back. it over my knee and beat you with it. <laughs> like, you would not touch me. Uh, so I just thought that was, um, but it goes back into that. You and but here's the thing: if you are five years old and you are being spanked and you're raised in that academy and you're spanked mm -hmm. every day from your misdemeanors all the way to 12, 13, 14, 15. You are, this is just normal due course. By the time you're 16, 17, you're just Mr. Compliant who just mm -hmm. does it because it's been happening to you your whole life. Yeah. Why? That's your normal. 
people oftentimes make commentary so to me about my childhood. Like, well, I don't even know how you survived. How did you not have all these issues? I'm like, to me, that was my normal. Mm-hmm. Like, my normal was an abusive home, right? It was, a, was all the issues that came with it. I didn't panic attack or anything. I didn't have yeah. those issues, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like that. We have to remember that, too. So I want to make sure I mention that. I, don't, I think you and I have just been being very facts-driven, just kind of going through our list. But one of the things that the show does is there's like different things that intersect with each other. So, and of course, the fundamentalist controlling cult-like mentality is bad. The I, IBLP, the sexual cover-ups, horrible. Mm-hmm. But also the progressivism that they were trying to shoehorn in was also bad. Yeah. It was not good. Just another cult. Be careful you don't jump out of one cult into another. Right. Don't pendulum swing. Yeah. Don't but, pick another one that has extra biblical standards. <laughs> but then also, it's and at the same point, we're going to talk about this here in a minute when it comes to personal responsibility. There is a personal responsibility for people themselves, even when you're in it and you're brainwashed. But I also mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that there is a brainwashing element yeah. to it. And it can take a while for you to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I remember when this, like, I first was like, I don't know about all that. And I kept trying to kind of blend in, like, again, conform myself to my surroundings. Mm -hmm. And I kept going, man, this doesn't seem to make sense. And I couldn't couldn't shake it. But once I remember when the scales fell from my eyes and when I was at Crown and I started seeing how corrupt it was really, it really was, I was disgusted. Yeah. So... um, Then you can't unsee it. (laughs) Yeah, then you can't unsee it. So there's some of that. I think that's what we're seeing a little bit with Jill and some of the others, which is like, like, Mm -hmm. now that I see it, I can't unsee it. But also there's some blame shifting too. Yeah. So um, anyway, episode three, let's talk about episode three. So it starts off talking about the Jill and Derek are about ready to get married. That's the day before their wedding They're They say like they're running through the kitchen. So I was like, Oh, we got a quick sign. This there's just a signature page for something. They're like, Oh yeah, quick sign. And, uh, they, and she says, I didn't know what it was for. And like you said, personal responsibility, I'm like, well, why did you sign it then? And I get the, the kind of culture she's in is, oh, you just got to trust parents. Yep, you just got to do what you're going to do. I may have done the same thing in the same situation. I'm not sure. So I'm not like totally judging her for it, but I'm like, okay, but the, you you did write your name on something that you did not read. Right, which is not a good move, <laughs> right? Like there's personal responsibility there. Um, also shame on the dad for not explaining it. Like there, that's what, oh, yeah. that, that whole signing thing, I was like, well, you should have read it. Like you should take a responsibility. I understand it's a day before the wedding. Things are chaotic, so that's probably how he took advantage of the situation. Yep. Um, but also, you you know, especially if you have issues with your parents up to this point, or you've noticed these behaviors, if you have a discerning spirit at all, you would know you'd be like, mm-hmm, I better mm-hmm. double check their home, my homework on this. And I got that way with my parents. Like I was like everything. Well, even as a teenager, I was like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but maybe I'm just a cynical guy and yeah. some people are more compliant than others. I don't know, but uh, just say, Hey dad, what's this for? And he might say, Oh, well, you remember how your jo- your brother Josh is a huge pedo and now they're canceling the show. Well, this is signing you up for five more years of a spinoff show. That's going to be focused all about you. <laughs> how does that sound? Oh, and you're going to get paid nothing for it. Oh, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to sign that. Right. Just and, ask the question. Yep. So she late again, she accuses her dad of signing, uh, for her uh, uh, for uh, on the original show as a minor, which probably happened. Yeah, that's typical, <laughs> though. <laughs> like, if you're a minor, right? So um, is that typical if you're a minor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. I actually spoke with a lawyer sometime because we had a horse farm and asked about we had liability releases that we'd have the kids sign. The lawyer's like, well, 
This doesn't actually protect you for anything. <laughs> oh, it doesn't gotcha. really matter what the kid signs. <laughs> gotcha. Oh yeah, because they're not eighteen. So yep. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't parent know. signature is the only thing that actually matters on that sheet. So uh, there. So honestly, there. Like Brian pointed out, and you and I talked about. The, you you watched this part of the episode, and you mentioned it to me before I watched it and watched mm-hmm. it. Um, after you, but there is kind of a shared culpability in this. Um, Jim Bob, uh, I'm sure, was trying to be sneaky about it, but both of them are capable of asking questions or reading a contract or waiting. And that is true. Like, and this also go, but I also don't want to downplay the amount of control brainwashing that takes place in those worlds. Mm-hmm. I, there is one girl. That's the part I don't understand. So, again, back to that spanking thing, right? If mm-hmm. you're three, four, five, six years old, you're raising this academy all the way to 16, 17, that's all you know. That, mm-hmm. That's normal, right? But also, like, there's a, these people, because they're raised so much in control of their parents and that you can't say no to your parents. So to say no to your parents is to say no to the God-given authority, which is say no to God himself. Mm-hmm. Hence why they said that every man can make a cult, because he becomes the voice of God in the home. He's yeah. the chosen one, the, the, the one anointed by God, so therefore he has all, all power. Well, there's a girl I went to school with as well. Um, she was looking, talking to a guy. And her freshman year, um, and he was like a junior or something, and they were like always with each other, madly in love with each other. And I was like, oh, so you're dating so-and-so? And she goes, no, I'm not dating. My dad won't let me date until uh, I'm at least a sophomore. And I was like, are you 18? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, and you're hanging out with them all the time, and you like go get coffee and stuff? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you're dating. He's your boyfriend. And she's like, no, we're not dating. We're just talking. I'm like, no, that <laughs> okay. is dating. That's dating. He's your boyfriend. Um, and she's like, no, I told my dad this. Like, well, why don't you tell your dad to pound sand? Yeah, like, you're <laughs> clearly an adult making adult decisions. Mm-hmm. Just say what you're doing. Yeah. And she, uh, but instead, that's not what that's not what you get here at all. So, it, it, and that's the sort of culture that exists that they literally get their like claws into someone's like will. They break their will at young ages mm-hmm. where you do not have autonomy. So when they're beating you and they're pushing this on you that you must obey, you must obey, you basically you turn into little robots just to do what they're told, or you turn to gigantic rebels who do who say, "I'm done with being controlled. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want." You just buck the whole thing. That's why what you get in these cultures, the pendulum swings, yeah. right? Or and you, then you start work. a YouTube channel called Fundy Fridays, right? Or the church split. <laughs> 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 and continue on this whole thing where Jill's kind of like bucking, starting to at least question some of the things that she was being asked to do. Uh, she gets pregnant with her first child and TLC approaches them and says, hey, can we have someone in there to film the birth? And they talk about that they do not want anyone in there to film the birth. This is their special thing. They're not going to do that. She, I think she mentioned that she saw her sister do that and she was definitely not going to do the same thing. But then five seconds later, she goes, so we did a lot of work filming. <laughs> and leading up to the birth. They filmed it themselves? They filmed it themselves. So while technically they got what they wanted, they did not have someone from the TLC staff filming the birth, but they just filmed it themselves. So. And they, I don't know. And they didn't re- – they kind of glossed over that. They didn't say whether or not they filmed it and then willfully gave it to TLC or if it was – contractual obligation that made them record it and give mm-hmm. i don't know yeah they did not they specify. did not specify because so the way it appeared in the show that was like yeah we weren't gonna let anyone record it because it's our private moment but we recorded it and gave it to them and they got the footage anyway <laughs> yeah and i was like wait what like i just remember going what, what happened there because yeah. maybe there's contractual obliga- obligations so they were like okay we 
we'll record it ourselves then. Just leave us alone. Let's do it in private. Mm-hmm. Or if they did it in private and was like, oh, no, you can have the footage. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So that, that was that's very vague. I'll, I'll give them that. Either way, it seems like TLC didn't quite get what they wanted and Jill and Derek didn't quite get what they wanted. So mm-hmm. some kind of a compromise. Either way, I think the other kind of looming figure in this docuseries is TLC and them just trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. And so is Amazon. <laughs> yep. So not a, no one's excluded from this as far as this docuseries Yeah, goes. and that comes up more uh, here in a second. So the show really wants you to hate you know mike huckabee as brian mentioned like they keep bringing that up especially i think he's in like every episode yeah they definitely (laughs) mentioned him he's referenced a lot they also like what i thought was weird is they they tie the hobby lobby ceo to abuse in the iblp because he donated money to it as if rich people don't just donate money to ministries regularly yeah uh i don't said he was one of the biggest donors maybe the biggest donor or whatever but i thought that was kind of an interesting like oh and by the way this guy sucks too so (laughs) yeah and and of course hobby Live gets enough hate because it's more of a christian organization same with (laughs) chick-fil-a so you just go and again if if you're if you're privy to some of these things you go oh there's the writing on the wall we're gonna Mm -hmm. throw it all out yeah um so uh anyway then they go to the mission. They go on this mission trip. So Jill and Derek go on this mission trip, and while they're out there, um, Jill and Derek are gone for several months. And TLC asks them to come back for a photo shoot, and they're like, "Nope, we're not going to do it." And they're like, "Nope, you have to." And they're like, "Nope, we're not going to do it. We're finally drawing the line in the sand." And uh, then the TLC like, reminds them of the contract that they had signed and that they need to come back. And now they it says how worried they were. And I'm sure that was like a thing where like, what what is that? I don't mm-hmm. remember signing this. Yeah. But that's because, again, it was sprung on them the day before the wedding. Mm-hmm. They did not take the time to slow down and see what it was because they got caught up in the chaos. And Jim Bob took advantage of the situation. So they didn't do their proper dues and it bit them in the bud here. Yeah. And then Jim Bob also definitely played his cards to manipulate the situation because let's just be honest, when you see us where he's running for representative, when he's doing all these different things, the man loved fame. Oh, yeah. He loved fame and money. Get yourself a woman that loves you as much as Jim Bob loves himself. <laughs> so they act like they were um, off doing their own thing at that point, right? Like Jill and Derek are like, oh, we're out doing our own thing. You know, we're out here on our own mission trip. But again, they were filmed there, too. Yeah. It, it, the way that it came across to me is they were insinuating that, oh, we thought we were away from the TV show. We're just doing the Lord's work out doing the mission trip, but they're still on the TV show. Right, there's still a camera. This is just one more obligation that they're like, oh, so inconvenient. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. And that's back. how they found out about some of the contractual obligations. But they weren't stepped away from the TV show. They were still doing it. It was just one other thing right, that which got is added. Where the footage on. came from, right? Yeah. So again, there's some. There's. I felt like there was. This is why I'm saying that. It felt like there's some blame shifting where it's like, mm-hmm. well, we didn't really want to be part of this show at all. We're on this Mrs. Trip. But it was nice to at least get away from the family and stuff, even though there's this crew. Okay, great, but then at least take my biggest issue with most anyone who leaves extreme fundamentalism and is very angry, upset, or bitter, or frustrated with it. Um, it, That could be any combination of those emotions. I'm not saying every single person is those things. But it's the kind of lack of personal responsibility taking Mm -hmm. because you're manipulated so much and you bought into it so hook, line, and sinker, you blame them. But uh, what helped me a lot anyway was me also realizing where I was manipulated so yes, shame on you, but also I did dealt with that for I was in and out of it for years. Yeah. Shame on me 
because I had the same Bible as this. That's why when I started studying some of these topics on my on my own, I was like, oh, this doesn't say nearly what I thought it said. It's not nearly as concise yeah. as I thought. But you had access to it the whole time. I had access to it the whole time. I, I was angry because I felt lied to, but I was also angry and frustrated with myself for not catching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way that you can protect yourself from falling into another cult. Right. Is realizing your shared culpability and being susceptible to it in some form or manner and then go, okay, well, if I avoid doing this or if I were to stand my ground here, then I'm not going to fall into that again, no matter how manipulative someone wants to be towards you. Right. 100%. Um, that comes up in the Matthew 18 discussion. We'll bring it up. Um, but they, so um, they, you know, they said that this was fraud, but she signed it. Not really. It was definitely a little bit of trickery, at least from Jim Bob's perspective, the way that at least they described it. I don't know the his side of the story. Right, right. But they come back, right, and Derek's like, okay, well, we we should be paid for this. And Jim Bob goes, and this is, I'm just quoting Derek here. He goes, Jim Bob says, okay, how much? He goes, I don't know. You tell me how much. He goes, well, you tell me how much. Derek, this is how negotiation works. You name your price. He names a lower price. You name a different price. He names a different price. And eventually you settle on something, you get some money. This is how this is how bartering works. If I mean, it seems like there's like car dealerships abounding in this Duggar family. Like they don't know how to negotiate. Like this is something <laughs> seems like the family does all the time. So he was kind of shirking his responsibility now as Jill's husband, going, "Well, I don't know how much we're worth. So you just tell me how much you're going to give me. That's not how this works. Take some responsibility, <laughs> right? And or at least start bringing like something. Be like, all right, I want to be paid this. Yeah, like, go spend five hundred dollars, talk to a lawyer, and have him negotiate for you. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, that there you go. So the whole, but again, that goes into the whole. Perhaps because of their background, they didn't even know what options were available. Because like I told you, I didn't even know what a doctorate degree was when I was twenty years old. Yeah, you don't know, so you might not even know what a lawyer can do and can do for you. Yeah. I know they called TLC. TLC. They said that. Well, we pay your dad, so mm-hmm. we pay go the family. Mm-hmm. So we pay the family. There's that. So there's this. So Jim Bob definitely shady here too because obviously he's like well how much do you think it's worth he's clearly knowing the fact that they don't know how much it's worth so he's playing his cards close to his chest because he wants to keep the money and we know some dads like this that will make money off their own children and won't take responsibility a good dad is going I want to provide for my kids hey we're making all this money Mm -hmm. I'm worth all this money I sure as heck can give them some I want to put them on the right foot forward right take take even his mentality hey I think Fame and notoriety can help push the cause of Christianity into the world. Okay, then give them some money to do that. <laughs> right, right. Then set up your next generation there, Mister uh, Quiverful. Uh, so yeah, exactly. There's like so the, the the thing here here was just like okay, but they're like yeah, we weren't getting paid up to this point. I'm like and just that it never occurred to anyone that they were yeah. weren't getting paid for this show when Dad was when they moved into this gigantic house. And I don't know. There's just a lot of things that made me go like what. Um, so anyway, whatever. So Jim Bob then decides to offer the kids, um, not sure all or some, they don't really specify a lump sum. So Derek says he essentially, uh, receives minimum wage up until they turned 18. The money had strings attached though, which was, you have to do more episodes, which I mean, honestly, they probably should have gotten a lump sum and then given the option to do more Mm -hmm. episodes. Uh, that would be the ethical way, but we're in the IBLP. We're in the IFB fundy world. Oh, (laughs) ethics are gone here. They don't exist. (laughs) Um, not all IFB, obviously I spoke generally there, but I I know there's a lot of, sorry, sorry, save your hate. (laughs) Yeah. There are great funds. There are great fundamentalist people out there who actually are good people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't hate them all. I'm just saying like speaking generally to the culture. And when I'm referring to the culture, I'm referring to like the Bible college culture 
and that sort of thing. Yeah. The whole, you know, satanic panic of the 80s combined in here as well. Where yeah. Pokemon is evil. Um, so. so they have this discussion, right, with Dad, and he's like, okay, I'll give you this much. And Derek's like, oh, that's essentially just minimum wage until she was 18. That's ridiculous. So they turn him down. So they are capable of saying no. <laughs> right. They do eventually do it. It maybe took some time and effort and some argument, and they're like, okay, you know, this is not worth it. Maybe more and more of the curtains being pulled back. They're seeing more and more of what their dad's doing, how much he was getting, understanding there's contracts and obligations that they didn't really realize that they're agreeing to. But eventually they do they do say no to dad. So good for them. Yep. Props to them for doing that. Yep. Um, and I think that's actually a huge growth moment for Jill and Derek. Was yeah, like 100%. this whole like, no, we're done. And that's done. Derek stepping up as a husband. Yeah, good I for think. him. Yeah, protect but your wife. That was the part in the entire story where it's like, I, and I think that's why, like, when you and I are like, why didn't you say no? Why do you read that? I think that was all part of their breaking away story. Like mm-hmm. those were the things that made them go, well, we've we wow, we really got duped. Oh my gosh, we really got manipulated. Is this normal? So mm-hmm. I think that was part of their coming out of the IFB story, the yeah. IBLP story, I should say. I think that was part of their whole getting out of it was some of these things where they got duped on and they realized later. Does yep. that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, so, which is a good thing. Um, and I have, I wish Derek and Jill no ill will. I'm sure that they would say, just judging by Jill's demeanor and Derek's, they seem like very reasonable people. Mm-hmm. I think that they actually would probably say, yeah, we should have read that. Mm-hmm. Like we should have, but we didn't. And we were duped and we allow ourselves to be duped. We won't be duped again. I, I that's bet they that's kind of the mentality I got from them. I bet they read the contract that the shiny happy people gave them. I bet show. they did. <laughs> but yeah, after that, they're like, oh, no, before we sign on this DACA series, give me that document. And actually, more money, please. <laughs> I hope they got paid a lot for this. Money, please. Because um, um, obviously Amazon's making good money on this. Yep. They're getting a lot of traction. So just want to break down just kind of, just so we understand, because the way they kind of characterize it, like, oh, I can't believe he offered us a little money. Let's just like look at some raw numbers. So 229 episodes of... 29 kids or 19, 29 kids. That'd be even crazier. 19 kids and counting. Sources say that they're making somewhere between $25,000 and $40,000 an episode. Let's take the most. $40,000 an episode, 229 episodes. That's $9.16 million paid to Jim Bob Um, and the family. (laughs) Um, Sounds like a mob. So if he's, let's assume that when he's offering to pay him lump sums, he's going to, he's separating this out equally and go, okay. 21 people in the total in the family. Let's take the 9 million, separate it in 21 ways. That's $436,000. That's a good chunk of change. And maybe Derek wouldn't have been upset if they were offered that kind of money. Um, the show aired for seven years. So I'm thinking of his characterization of, of minimum wage. So in our Kansas, Arkansas, 625 an hour at that point in time. So for seven years, that's about $91,000. So maybe that's what he was offered was around $90,000 if you ran those calculations. So ballpark, if we're assuming all these things that I've said, Jim Bob was offering all his kids essentially a one-fifth share of the total earnings of that show across seven seasons. But that was money that was taxed, and obviously he's making boo bucks, so he's getting taxed the highest tax bracket, which means that's roughly half the money's gone. So... Really, he's offering his kids a third of what the money was earned. And assuming he spent a lot of that over time on that gigantic house and everything else that they're doing, that's not exactly unreasonable. Um, so assuming that's $40,000 an episode. If it was $25,000 an episode, maybe $90,000 per person is all he had left. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe just, he got paid more. I don't know. Just, I'm an engineer. That's the math. I was like, okay, is this is what he's saying BS or does this actually kind of make sense mathematically? Right. 
So then finally, episode four. Um, this is the one that was cringe-inducing for me. <laughs> um, so Matthew 18, uh, they talk a lot about that. Like, okay, so if there's these issues that are going on. Um, Especially abuse. Right, abuse and stuff. Then to make it impossible to gossip, you have to follow Matthew 18. Which, by the way, following Matthew 18 is a good, a good principle to have to avoid gossip and slander and a lot of crap. We've talked ad nauseum yes. about that issue in the church. But... They say it, um, they, so you need to take the issue privately to the person. And therefore, you can never, ever talk about it outside of that. So if the person abuses you, you can't talk about it, you have to go to them privately. I remember the IFB doing the same thing. Well, the Bible says you have to go talk to them alone, mm-hmm. not make it a big deal. And it wasn't until I read Matthew 18 for myself. Um, we don't have to read the whole thing, but it, verse 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. So they would use that, and you go, oh, okay, so I have to go. I can only go talk to him alone. That's what Jesus says. Keep reading. But all you have to do is literally <laughs> read the next verse. And if he does not listen, take one or two along with you. Then he says, if he still refuses to listen, bring it before the church. So in other words, it's not just going to them individually. And this is one of those areas where I said um, you have to take personal responsibility. Because even though you're being told this, if you never cracked up with the Bible and finished reading that passage, that's also yeah. on you. This could manipulate you. Right. You are allowing it yourself to be manipulated. They're pointing you to a source that they say is the authority. You're not even checking the source. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the things we constantly encourage on this channel. That's why we say learn to think biblically and challenge the status quo. Because part of challenging the status quo of thinking biblically is checking the passage and doing the actual digging. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. This certainly does discourage gossip. But maybe it was applied poorly, and I guess that's what it was because I've been around that. So yeah. don't do it. Like, don't follow Matthew eighteen in a poor fashion. Uh, it's not saying you're going to follow it. Follow it the in, in its entirety, <laughs> right? And it, if you follow it in its entirety, it's a really good teaching. But if, mm-hmm. if you only take bits and pieces of Jesus' teachings, it can end in disaster. So they also make fun of Bill Gothard's appearance, which I thought was funny. Like, seems like a distraction from a serious topic. I have a lot of issues with Bill Gothard and his teachings, like a ton yeah. of issues with Bill Gothard and his teachings. And especially with, once the sexual assault uh, charges came up. What I find interesting is, like, I, I wasn't surprised when the accusations came up with Josh Duggar because I've known so many big families like that that were similar that have the same story. Um, and then I also know of like many people who've led Christian organizations who came out to be creepy. So that's what when I, all, all of it came out, I was just like, oh, and like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying be, that to like put down the victims. I just was surprised that those people that there would be people in that movement with that sort of character or taking advantage of their position. I feel bad for the victims because you know they were brought in, especially these kids who were brought yeah. in told by their parents, this is trust raised, this is good, you're raising it, okay, this is great, oh my goodness, Bill Gothard noticed me, he noticed me, like they said, it was almost like you got noticed by the Messiah himself, mm-hmm. and suddenly he's using that to get close to you yeah. and take advantage of you, it's, yeah. it's really gross. Uh, it's just like the entire, all those parts of the episode just made me feel dirty. Like when he talked about bringing her up into his office and suddenly there's a guy there and he's acted, he seemed startled and yeah. praying with her and like touching her legs and stuff. I was like, oh, ah. all of in his gross. defense, at least they're all accusations at this point. He hasn't been convicted of anything as of the filming of this episode. So we'll at least just say allegedly, but they did seem like pretty convincing. Pretty, pretty stories. substantial amount of stories. And consistent with that culture in general. Right. From what exactly. we've seen. So. Um, and then, so here's another bad argument they make. They make fun of his face, which I'm just like, okay, 
Like, he didn't pick it, okay? They make fun of him for having never been married and having kids. And, like, so this is an argument against why he shouldn't be doing IBLP or IBP, whatever. Um, He shouldn't be teaching people how to have marriages and how to raise kids because he doesn't have any. This is the lefty logic that that was kind of sending sirens in my head because we see this all the time with, with abortion and go, no uterus, no opinion, right? Yep. Um, and so this is, this is a problem. We can kind of show you where this logic kind of falls apart just because he doesn't have kids and and isn't married doesn't mean that he can't try to teach on those things. Now, did he teach it very poorly? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, my thing was like attack his teachings, not like, oh, he doesn't have wife or kids. So who should he be? So I'm like, bad logic. I know. Attack the teachings. There's plenty of psychologists who don't have kids and stuff too. Yet they're telling parents how to parent their kids. Yeah. And why is it bad logic? Well, let me show you some examples. Well, you have you ever had your whole family grow up on TV? Oh, no? Well, then you can't comment on this. Sorry. Most of the commenters, sorry, Kristen Dumay, you get, you don't get to be a historian on here because you have no credentials because you didn't grow up with that. Um, have you ever run a cult? Well, you can't say Bill Gothra was doing it wrong if you haven't been a cult leader. Um, or... Have one of your kids ever molested someone? Well, no. Well, who are you to say how Jim, Bob, and Michelle handled it? You see how silly that is? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It's absurd. And just because you don't have direct experience with something doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion on it. That means you can't have logical understanding of it. That means that you can't give objective recommendations on it. Um, That is the whole docuseries is Mm -hmm. doing exactly that on things that most of these people don't have direct knowledge of. Right. So Bill – so – Again, Bill Gothard's teachings were deeply prob- prob- problematic, encouraging breaking the will of the child, that children must have blindly follow their parents wherever they go, um, You know, the uh, overly controlling authoritarian view of things as opposed to relational authority. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of problems. So Bill Gothard, though, calls a girl, af- again, after sharing her story on Recovering Grace, uh, which is an online group, and he like obsesses, and he's like freaking out on her for she's saying that, like, hey, he got creepy with me. Um, and this just reinforces that he is creepy. That's a creepy vibe. Yeah. Someone posts about you and you call them on their phone. Yeah. Way to say like, I'm relax, man, relax. I mean, the best thing to do is in those situations, probably pretend like you don't see it and not give it, pay it too much mind. But when you're freaking out yeah. like that, you're just kind of giving it ammo. You're saying it's true or you're throwing gas on the fire. Yeah. Cause if it was actually slander, you'd call a lawyer. So here's some other quotes <laughs> on the, from this episode. They think that they think the way they live, everyone should live like that. Well, here's the thing. Technically, most people think that about themselves, including the progressives on this show. In fact, remember that clip we showed earlier from Jen uh, with Fundy Fridays? She's telling people that it's wrong to live that, the way that these Fundy Christians do. So uh, therefore, she's saying you should live more like me because she's saying that the Christian sexuality teachings is harmful. Well, so you're saying you should be like me, right? Like we're all advocating for people to live like us. So I just find that I always find that to be a weak argument when someone's like, well, you just want to like whenever I talk about abortion, well, you just want to enforce your values on the rest of society. Like, and you want to do the same thing. That is what a shared society is, is coming up with shared morality <laughs> that we can hold each other to so we can have a functioning society. Absolutely. So it's so um, then they talk, talked about what was that the Joshua generation, which was an elite strike force of Christian homeschool graduates. That's what you were saying earlier. Like their connotations about homeschool are just a little bit exaggerated. Yeah, so and statements like this. Have like you met that. homeschoolers? 
<laughs> Elite Strike Force. They yeah. keep like showing like military training videos and stuff like that. I'm like, are these is this really IBLP or are these just like other people just doing training? Have exercises? you seen how uncoordinated homeschoolers are? I'm just I'm just asking. Okay, I know because I'm one. Um, no, the thing that cracked me up on this was because like in the earlier episodes, they're just like. Psh- yeah, these Christians are so Christian homeschool kids are so dumb and ignorant, and they know nothing. And then actually, you know, in like fourth episode, like that so this homeschool strike force team is infiltrating yeah. the government and operating in high levels of government efficiency. They're to taking take over, over the everything. World. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so what, are, are homeschools dumb, ignorant people, or are they really, really efficient people and can infiltrate your government and take yeah. over from the inside? I don't know where you're what what message you're trying to say, but I'm getting this idea you're just trying to say that homeschooling's bad. Yeah, like, can you believe that they? We, we spent all this time going to the legislature like we were very politically act, activated as kids it's like oh yeah that's totally not in any other culture looking at you david hogg <laughs> right they're like oh i can't believe they politicize these children but literally the left does it all the time everyone's too. doing it everyone it's not just left it's not this extreme fundamental that's true every because that's also part of being in a, in a republic is actually being politically engaged mm-hmm. and actually voicing your opinion because that's what voting is FYI. <laughs> right. And when there's like, well, we're allowed politically, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Like, yeah. Again, like I said, it's part of being republic. It's This docuseries is being loud politically. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And it's saying like, this, it's making the political statement that this kind of Christianity is bad, right? Or it, I, I feel like they, in the third, in the last episode, they really start broad brushing because mm-hmm. they start like showing like pro-life rallies with Christianity and like this. And can you believe that they are against a woman's right to abortion? And that's when they really start shoving this in about their political engagement. And that's when it really, I felt like episode four is when the veil completely came off and you saw the agenda the whole time, Yeah, which was let's equate, let's use the Duggars. The, the the horrible stuff there with the Duggars with Jim Bob, the whole nine, and Bill Gothard, and use that as our crown piece mm-hmm. to also shoehorn how bad the rest of Christian values are underneath it, like pro-life, home, uh, people, like Christians are more like at homeschool, things like that. Yeah. We're just going to say all this is bad and equate that with this and say that if you do this, you could be part of... If you do yeah. these things and believe these things, you are just enabling this poor behavior from before. There's a lot of equivocation, and we'll pay attention to the last episode how they how the edits are done. Uh, at least I don't think I'm a dummy, and it's funny because when I said that, I like posted on Facebook. Some people are like, "No, Will, you're wrong," and a lot of people, other people, are like, "Yeah, no, that was my vibes too." Yeah. So if nothing else, I'm not crazy. There is definitely some editing that was done on purpose, I think, and other people picked up on it. That or they did not do a very good job, but I. Everything that ends in an episode, I mean, that ends up in an episode is intentional. You know that. So, yeah, just like any other docuseries out there, there is an agenda they're trying to push, good or bad. It might be good, but I'm just saying you can see it, especially in episode four. Um, And some of the things like this that are also kind of dog whistles to me on this, where it says they're promoting ideals of the older generations. Like, oh, right, that's bad. Old people, stupid. Kids, young people, we're the only smart ones, right? There's a there's a more of a millennial phrase that I've ever heard, right? Oh well, I'm smart. Everyone else is dumb. That's kind of that's my generation, right? Right. right. So, and um, no, there is a thing in that funny world where they kind of romanticize like the 1940s and 50s, yeah. and they kind of keep emulating that. But also, there, but they weren't just talking about emulating like the culture, like dress, and mm-hmm. but like every part of the values. Like they were kind of lumping it together. Like, yep, everything from the older generations yeah. onward. Can so. they believe that you just shouldn't sleep with your girlfriend when you meet her? 
Right. Like stuff like that. So it's old people stuff. Um, and you have this uh, this quote here, and I don't know what the context is here, Brian, but making it cool and trendy. What is that? Yeah. This And this is the same context. This, this is in the context of the Christian influencers. Like, oh, they're trying to make it cool and trendy. This is talking about Paul and Morgan and some other YouTubers that they call fundy who are most definitely not fundy whatsoever. The fundamentalists who still watch this channel, please watch some of their content and tell us what you think if they're fundamental because I don't think you'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love it. <laughs> to hear some of the fundies that listen to this watch Paula Morgan, and they would instantly see like her arm tattoo and her singing. They'd be like, oh, my goodness, this isn't yeah. fundy at all. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, again, just because you don't like Christian values doesn't mean that others can't see them, like them, and promote them like okay, we understand you don't like Christianity and you're using this as your kind of example of all of it. But like the pro-life issue is not just an IBLP issue and Mm -hmm. it's not just a fundy Christianity thing. Unless you're going to say Catholics and all of them are just as fundy. Um, And and the idea of sexual, um, non-sexual promiscuity, sexual chasteness, which I think is a better word than purity, Mm -hmm. sexually chaste and controlled is a better word. Um, for it. Uh, it, that's not a fundy thing. That's a Christianity thing. Yeah, always has been, as well as other religions too. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Muslims. Um, so Jim Bob, I think, really is shown in episode four. Though this is a good thing about episode four that he really has a problem with the truth. He lies all the time. All right? four appearances. Remember that appearances mm-hmm. thing I mentioned? It's all, all four appearances. Put that good foot forward. Don't let them see your faults, because then everything's going to come crumbling down. So, right, he, so I think Jill mentions this, or no, I think it's his sister. Either way, someone says that he's like, oh no, this thing with Josh and the child porn, look, it was just an ex con that was working for him. It's all going to be figured out. It definitely wasn't Josh whatsoever. Um, They also talk about technically how Josh did this, which I know exactly what they were talking about when they were saying, they said, because he had like some, um, anti-porn software on his computer and he he circumvented it. Well, how he circumvented it, he installed Windows on another partition on the computer so that he could boot it up into two different operating systems. He had the normal workface one and then he had the super creepy he's a pedophile one and that doesn't hide it that well. So clearly FBI was able to track that down. Uh, but that's how he did it. I know exactly what they're talking about when they said it. I was like, oh yeah, I, that's so easy to do if you know what you're doing. That scares me that you, you heard that and you're like, Psh- Weak sauce and how to hide your what do you like? Are you on the black market, bro? Like, do you are, are you selling like RPGs and stuff? And if so, how much are they? Because I want it. I feel like Brian's just like, look, I run a black market. Okay, I can do this online. Josh, he's an idiot. Trust me. You're such a you're such a computer engineer. You're just like, huh, if you're gonna escape the law, you better do it better than that. Yeah, I was like, he's so stupid. He's so stupid. I made it the black market joke because I I could not even get to the creepy thing. So you're you're a black market mob boss. That's what that's what I'm going with. Get on the dark web. Um, he says no one is under. So he's talking to oh he's talking to Jill. He's like no one under in our family is under investigation. They put out a public statement about that. They were definitely Josh was definitely under investigation at that point in time when he said that another lie. Just trying. I'm sure that same thing. I'm sure they had like a crisis counselor come in. They're like, okay, how do we spin this? And that's how they mm-hmm. spun it. Um, when he's on the stand for his son's trial and they ask him about the abuse of his daughters by his son, he says he doesn't recall. So disgusting. Which is just straight up BS. And they characterize it in the show that the judge got so mad at him that his memory wasn't good enough to be on the stand, which I thought was kind of funny. But Again, he's downplaying the abuse of his own and kids. He's like, oh, he's out on a ministry trip. So 
I, I'm, I'm going to speak carefully. Um, there's a situation that has been very close to me and my, my wife that we've had to deal with with other people. I'm trying to be vague here. That w this sort of situation came up with somebody. And it was a troublesome time, but everyone found out about it incorrectly. Some people found out about it through the news in the family. Yeah, don't let that happen. It was so horrible. And then it was just still hush-hush. No one talked about it. It was not super much on the DL. And so it was like we had to keep following breadcrumbs to figure out what really happened and took place. Because this was kind of the same thing that happened. Because everyone was like, oh, my gosh, think of the appearances. Think of the appearances. So we have to keep lying and saying things because we don't want to incriminate ourselves or someone else. And so they, they basically... What the Duggars did is they kept their children in danger by mm -hmm. enabling him to be around still. Then they also enabled continually bad behavior to the point where we where, see how creepy he got. Read the reports, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I like stopped reading the report. It made it grossed me out, and I was I, I it, it was horrible the stuff that he was watching, and the stuff that gave him pleasure um, is disgusting. You get this idea that it's like, dude, this just kept getting worse over time. Yeah. Like what it was amplifying. Yeah, what what started with curiosity, with, uh, explored sexual abuse and curiosity with his sisters, just kept going downhill. Then there's a porn star and prostitutes, and then suddenly where he went, okay. That could have been prevented too. That continual evil could have been prevented if mom and dad handled it properly, properly, mm -hmm. and were less worried about their appearances and more worried about their freaking kids. And a parent shouldn't worry about their appearances for the sake of their children, uh, and especially for the sake of the safety of other people's children. And that's what, like, when it came to um, what was it, Jim and Bobby, their friends, their oh, yeah. daughter was dating Josh, mm -hmm. and like he was like, "Yeah, you're basically dangle. You knew that your son did this. You dangled my daughter essentially as a carrot." And then like the fact that he admitted it, so it just shows that Jim Bob is a piece of garbage. <laughs> like he really is. Um, and he's not doing his family any favors. No, and it was all about fame and the quote ministry by ministry. I feel like it's just the cult of personality and fame mm -hmm. and fortune that he was making. Um, that might be a cynical take, but that's my current take. Um, or what may have started off with good intentions became corrupted quickly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they seem to insinuate also that the Roe v. Wade decision, enough of that for a minute, I'll go on tangents later, but they seem to insinuate the Roe v. Wade decision being overturned in 2022 is a kind of a result of the Joshua generation created by the IBLP. Did anyone pick up on that? Was that yeah. just us? Yeah, it was like, oh, they're, right, they're saying, oh, they're putting people into all these different layers of government. And then 2022 happens and Roe v. Wade's overturned. Are you saying that that Bill Gothard and Jim Duggar are the reason that that got overturned? And it wasn't because it was a garbage decision in the 70s and there was <laughs> finally some decent judges on the Supreme Court. They're like, no, we're throwing this crap out. Right. No, they had to conflate the two because, again – it's a bunch of progressives that are putting this on, and they very much hate pro-life, and they want the right to abortion. And so that was that was how they're trying to conflate this. And again, this is the, the bait and switch of crazy fundamentalists, normal Christian values being pro-life, and so they all see they're the same. So, exactly. So a couple of things. So then they essentially say because of what the Duggars did and how big they got in media, they paved the way for the rest of Christian media and Christian influencers. And I'm like, dude, do you know how many other Christian influencers were in the world before they were around? Yeah. There's a lot of other Christian, like, big names before the Duggars, okay? So somehow contributing all Christian YouTube and influencers 
to the Duggars is a silly. Yep. Um, and they pulled up um, Paul and Morgan, this big Christian YouTube channel, which, like I said, I'm not big fans of them. I barely watch any of their stuff. Personally, like you and I said, uh, we find it a little cringe. Um, it just, but it seems like it's very much personality vlogging with Christian-ish values um, with a married couple who sounds like they've had some different struggles and they're very like open about it, maybe too open about it. There's a lot of different opinions that fly around. Um, but this is the place for me to give like my whole like Paul Morgan like takedown. Plus, I haven't watched enough of their content, probably have an educated opinion. Yeah. But the thing is, is like it, we did watch one of their episodes that they put out because when they are called in to do this. Because they're interviewed on the docuseries. Yeah. Paul and Morgan are pulled and interviewed, but they're barely on it. Yeah, they're only and when you hear the story, they were apparently the kind of tentative, and they were like, "Oh no, we just want to get a full three sixty view of Christianity and the whole situation." Like that's what the producer said to yep, them. Yep, this is our. That's all we want to do. We're not trying to like get a gotcha or anything like that. So apparently, over much consideration, they chose to do it. Apparently, they were all super friendly. They're like, "Oh my gosh, we got along with them so well. We felt like we we're friends with them." And they had an over four hour interview with them. And they're like, and apparently afterwards, you know, they talked about like their Christian values, probably on abortion and homosexuality and stuff. And it sounded like that's kind of what some of the stuff that. Yeah, they're very up. culturally engaged as far as that goes. Right. Like. So, and apparently some producer or one of the people on the set said, hey, you guys did such a great job. If you have any book that's going to be released, release it ne- like when the time of this comes out, you guys are going to be huge. You guys did such a great job at showing a better balance. And then when the show comes out, they're like, yeah. And then all these Christian influencers came up with this crazy fundamentalist cult stuff. Then they have Jen from Fundy Fridays, like throwing them under the bus and showing Paul and Morgan. Mm-hmm. And you're like, so they had them in for an over four hour interview, said they're going to do all these things. And then instead they used them as a footstool and just to keep, to, just to yeah. prop up the rest they just of the They conflated them with, with all the Duggar stuff. It's yeah. like, come on. Yeah. And, just, and it's like, dude, if you know that they're not like the Duggars in that sense. Now, like, it sounds like they saved their first kiss. For certain things, like uh, Paul saved himself for marriage, where she did not, and she apologized. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of drama there, like a mm-hmm. lot of like personal life stuff there. But it was just mind numbing to be like, oh my goodness, see right there, that proves the fact that they and they have people who friends who were in the industry, and they're like, oh no, that was very much intentional. They wanted you to be comfortable, so they could basically take clips that they wanted out of context and use you however yeah. they wanted you to push the agenda. And the agenda was IBLP was bad is as an extreme form of fundamentalism that creates cults. The Duggars are part of one of those cults. The Duggars are actually living a lie. They're just shiny, happy people with a bunch of evil skeletons in the closet who paved the way for all these other people who, who you might know and all these other people that you might know are just as bad as them because they hold the similar values. That was the string that they put to, pe- tied. and was like, therefore, evangelical Christianity and fundamentalist Christianity is equally bad. And if you watch Paul Morgan, by the way, I don't get fundy vibes. I get no. like, <laughs> I get very much like evangelifish vibes. Yeah, That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. just not like hardcore evangel, you know, um, evangelical, but like evangelifish, like kind of just kind of a little milquetoast and simplistic. But I don't think that they're yeah just. We've engaged with fundamentalists. They are not that. <laughs> right, exactly. Like I was just like, I have problems with some of the stuff that they do and say. And shame on the Fundy Fridays girl for uh, grouping them together because she knows what fundamentalist Christians are too mm-hmm. and knows that that's not them. But she has a vendetta against those two. Right. And, she uh, has content upon content. She knows where they went to school, the name of their child. She's like, she knows 
everything about him. It is weird. Stalker alert. <laughs> it uh, is really weird. <laughs> so this should also show, and based on that clip that we showed earlier also of Jen, that should also kind of tell you a little bit of um, her mindset in regards to these things. So, uh, so again, yeah, Paul and Morgan, they're not even IBLP. They said they didn't even know what it was. I guess yeah. they get lumped in with it. Yeah, Paul people. said, like, he asked his parents, like, oh, yeah, we kind of interact with that a little bit, but it was too crazy, so we didn't do anything with it. And, like, Morgan's like, I don't know what that is. Never heard of it in my life. Yep. <laughs> what I'm getting to hear is that they're just conservative Christians. Apparently, they have a Pentecostal background is what I was picking up on. Um, so they probably are, like, Pentecostal holiness, so like a conservative Pentecostal vibe. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but it seems to fit from what I've seen. Um, but I don't think that they have any ill will or anything. I just think that they're pretty conservative. And like I said, yeah. I have some issues with some of their stuff, but it's not like, yeah. I mean, whatever. I could nitpick most anybody. Uh, and most people probably could nitpick me. They probably are doing it right in this episode as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, you can nitpick If they're fundy, anybody. then we're fundy. Right. We're not fundy. <laughs> well, we've been called fundy by, it's funny, progressives call us fundies, and then the fundies get annoyed with us because yeah. we're not fundy at all. We get called trendies. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, whatever, dude. I guess it depends what extreme camp you're on. Avoid your pendulum swings. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, let's see. If you were to... Um, Oh, that's what we already said that. If you watch any of their content, you'll notice they're not fundy. Um, one thing, one of the things I just thought of at the end of this is episode four, right? Amazon with this docuseries is obviously pushing this whole idea that Jill and Derek should have gotten paid and all the kids on the show should have gotten paid. Jim Bomb's terrible because he's using their likeness on television, making money off it, not paying them. I just want to know. And maybe someone can look this up if they are close to it in some way. And comment on it. Did Amazon pay <laughs> all the kids of the Duggars who are featured on this docuseries with their likeness, with videos from the show? Did they get any money? Are they also getting minimum wage? Did they get nothing? <laughs> did they do the same thing that Jim Bob did? Doubt. I hope. I hope they paid them. I doubt that they did. Yeah, I bet you they. I bet they paid Jill and Derek for coming on yeah. as like interviewees. But and they I may bet. have had to pay TLC for some licensing. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> doubt so i just find that to be kind of funny um also apparently several women sued bill gothard for his alleged sexual assault against them um the case is thrown out due to statute of limitations being brought out so they run this uh um they kind of characterize this as like a david and goliath situation oh, yeah, yeah. like well they these victims tried to go after bill gothard and of course everyone's against them and it gets thrown out it's like well the statute of limitations was run out did uh, didn't the lawyer go, oh, well, this is too long ago. Like, this isn't going to work. So it was just a legal problem that they couldn't overcome, and they just kind of, I thought, characterized it poorly. Yeah, and now, then Bill tried to countersue them, which is jacked up. Yep, and he lost. Congratulations, Bill. <laughs> which is good. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is why, you know, it's important not to probably to wait 400 years before you make an accusation against mm-hmm. somebody because there are statutes of limitations. And then there are things that the, lo- the longer the time period, the the more questions that come to mind, like why are mm-hmm. you waiting to 25 years later or things like that. So is this why, why, and I get it being a victim as of someone who's been a victim. Um, it's really hard to talk about it when it's fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, you're processing yourself. So I get it. Like it's, it's a tough situation. I'm inclined to believe the accusations just because of the culture that it worth that such a that sort of thing is rampant in that culture. 
Um, like I like we were saying earlier, it's not like they're raising little predators because that's what that's not what they want, but it is a, a it is a culture that enables it, which yeah. I guess. It's a consequence right. of that culture. So I guess I should go on my tangent. I go, talk for about. Okay. go for it. Okay. All right. So this is something I was waiting until the end to kind of talk about. So one of the things that this show really focuses on is Josh Duggar, rightfully so, because that it got crazy messed up. But one of the things I hear all the time is, why does this always happen in conservative, such conservative circles? Because conservative circles are so sexually, like, chaste. They're so sexually, like conservative how do these things happen mm-hmm. in those and the kind of the general narrative so to speak is this well it's because they act that way so they can control you and sexually abuse you and that isn't necessarily true i'm sure that is true for some it does provide an environment for abusers to run right. rampant because if you are unquestionable authority and you you know the pastor or the man of God or the father or even an older brother are these unquestionable authority figures whom you aren't to question well that's mm-hmm. going to open up doors yeah. and then also if you're not allowed to talk to them talk to people about it especially if you're not allowed to talk about sex at all right because yeah. here's the other, so they Dr. P, Jordan Peterson has talked about this and others have talked about this the way sexuality develops. And men and women actually develop sexually um, in different ways and at different times. Uh, I could talk a little bit about how men kind of have a tendency to imprint, um, which means that usually their first sexual experience is what gives them the first like initial like click, which is why a lot of times sexually abused young boys become abusers when they're older because they are repeating that imprinted behavior because what was done to them, they do to others. Mm -hmm. Um, That sexual imprint, uh, also why if they're 9, 11 years old, which you're hearing about where these boys were first exposed to pornography, that's when they like latch onto it. And then that's why they have issues with addiction to it their entire lives, which is also why um, you'll, uh, Pastor Mark Gunger talks about this where uh, like he was talking about how his wife complained that she, he never really wanted to sleep with her. But when they would travel and go anywhere, he'd become like a sexual animal. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently what he did a lot in his younger years was he'd meet up with girls and take them to a hotel and hook up with them. Well, he imprinted that. That's a behavior he imprinted. Yeah. So men have a tendency to sexually imprint. Um, that's one of the things. Um, women, they have, a, 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 not to sound stereotypical, but there is an emotional aspect because the same hormone they release while breastfeeding is the same hormone they release while having sex. And they've shown that the m- more partners they've had, the more, the less their body releases that same hormone. So they can't even get the same buzz and attachment to the man that they used to have. So mm-hmm. these are just some studies that they have shown. Now, that out of the way, let's talk about the culture for a minute. So in these fundy cultures, you cannot talk about sex, right? So sex is not something to talk about. If they say the word, they whisper it. Sex mm-hmm. is not talked about. So your kids hit puberty and sexual feelings and desires start cropping up. You can't talk about it. If you talk about it, you're a pervert. I remember as a young boy, I it was put all the time. And many of you guys who were raised in a fundy environment, we could probably relate to this. As a young man, it was like, well, men, you have to find a woman. You know, to be a real man, you have to be a dad with a job, and this is what it means to be a man. Yeah. But also, if you talk to a girl, you were dirty, creepy, and wanted to take advantage of her and just wanted to have sex with her. You were only there for one thing, mm-hmm. and you are not allowed to talk to the girl because you're just a creep. <laughs> so then it put you in this constant situation of like, okay, I'm supposed to be doing these things, but I, if I talk to the girl, I'm considered a womanizer, apparently, just for trying to date a girl. Flip the script to girls. If a boy talks to you, he's interested in you. Mm-hmm. And then you're told, like, well, boys, you know, they're, they're men, they, all they want is sex. So when a girl gets talked to from a boy, they have an adverse reaction of this guy just wants to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. 
well, now because this guy just wants to have sex with me, now she feels gross about it. There, and so what happens, there's why in marriages, in these marriages, a lot of times you'll hear of like girls who feel gross after being married because they were taught that sex is such a gross thing and that men are perverts for wanting it. And men have like this weird sexual guilt or they become sexually disgusting and mm -hmm. because now they have access to it or they're excused for it. So, all right. Now we get now we set that stage, okay? Now let's set the other stage, which is you're not allowed to be alone or to even talk alone with a girl. Like there would be times when in the sanctuary at the church, big open wide room, everyone's talking. If I was in the corner or it's off to the side talking to a girl, I was chastised because I'm talking to her alone and it's inappropriate, <laughs> even though I'm in a room full of like 100 people. Right. Or if anyone wanted to listen to what you're saying, they could hear it. <laughs> they could hang right out. So what? So what would happen all the time is like, so I can't. So you're a you're a young man. You're interested in girls now. You, you go to talk to them. You're chastised for it. You're told you're a pervert for wanting it. But then mm -hmm. you're also told you have to marry a girl and get have children and do all these things. You know what? So what is your sexual outlet? You have none. And by, by the way, talking to the opposite sex is a sexual outlet. It's a sexual. It's the first. It becomes one. It becomes one, right? It be, it's the first step to a sexual experience, right? In order to get the girl, you have to talk to her. Mm -hmm. In order for her to have a sexual experience, she has to talk to the man. So it's you, sexualizing all these things that are not sexual typically. So now what it is, yeah, now what it is is like, okay, well, if you're talking to her, you just want to have sex with her. So what happens? Brian, don't think of an elephant. No. What are you doing right now? Thought of Dumbo. You're thinking, yeah, <laughs> thinking about the elephant Dumbo. Uh, <laughs> listeners, don't think of an elephant. Now everyone's thinking about an elephant, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm going, well, you want to have sex with her? Don't think about sex. What am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm gonna think about sex. I'm like, now I'm talking to her. I'm like, apparently I want uh, sex, uh, sex. You know, that's all you're thinking about. You're like trying to have a conversation, but also, oh my gosh, I don't want to come off like I'm sexually touching her, approaching her. Oh. Now I think about sex. Would I want to have sex with her? Like these are the questions that, they, and it's just it sexualizes simple interactions. Mm. So now a simple interaction sexualized. Now what's always on your brain? Sex. What can you not talk about? Sex. What can you not act out on? Sex. I can't even talk to a girl because sex. Mm -hmm. Everything sexualized, which is funny in a culture that so doesn't want to sexualize anything because yeah. that's why the women have to dress a certain way. That's why men Oops, have to act a certain way. <laughs> so it backfires because everything's be everything becomes sex, but we can't talk about the sex. Mm -hmm. We can't talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> so what happens? You have a family that's got a bunch of kids, which means there's not nearly as much supervision. Right, it becomes just order. Like they, they even talked about a buddy system in the show because mm -hmm. there are so many kids, it's overwhelming. So you have this family, now a bunch of kids. We have kids who are raised in this environment where everything's sexualized because careful, right? Mm -hmm. But also you can't talk about it because sex is bad. Well, now you have a young man who's starting to grow, who develop sexual feelings, and it is known that testosterone is a sexual aggressor, right? That's the whole thing. Like men tend to be the sexual aggressor; they're the ones who, and not necessarily like in like rapey vibes, but mm -hmm. like in the sense that I'm going to be the one usually who first approaches the woman. Not all the time, right? There's always exceptions to the rules, but this is the the yeah. tendency. Um, so. Boy starts getting sexual urges. Can't talk about it. He can't talk to the girls about it. He can't talk, go talk to a girl. He can't even get to know a girl, right? And even innocently can't get to know a girl because mm -hmm. sex. What? So what happens? Well, he's now going to explore sexuality, his urges, away from prying eyes. Yeah, in the most secretive way possible. In the most secretive way possible to that which he only has access to. If he doesn't have access to the internet for pornography, 
What's the next thing? Probably younger siblings. Hmm. And Peterson has talked about this. Other people, this is a recurring issue in these types of environments. It's not because Christian fundamentalism wants pedos. It's because they create an environment that creates a sexual, it creates an an unhealthy sexual environment to where you act out in unhealthy manners and sex. So he abuses his sisters. Does it make it right? Absolutely not. I'm just giving you reasons. I'm giving you how the psyche can work that way. And each person's different, right? Nature and nurture. There's a lot of that stuff to consider. And of course, personal just choice and decisions too. Yeah, because I was asking this. I was like, okay, so this is unhealthy sexual environment. What is a healthy sexual environment for a kid? Because I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. What you're saying is just not sexualizing everything makes it a healthy environment for the child. Yeah, like maybe develop normally. Right, talking to a girl or a boy isn't a sexual thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. don't sexualize it. That's a healthy sexual environment. It's not sexualizing (laughs) everything. And then when they are a teenager and they become interested, not shaming them for being interested and saying that that he's just a pervert who wants to get into your pants Mm -hmm. and not telling the girl that she's just something to be desired and that she has to say no to all the boys, not that she shouldn't say no to save herself for marriage, but that's because that's all that she exists for is to be desired for by men and that men not just looking at her as something to have sex with. Like there's so many other things, but this was harmful for me sexually. I I have told you stories that um, when I would talk to uh, a girl that, and uh, as a teenager, I would get to the point where sometimes my heart would, I feel like beating out of my chest, a throbbing in my ears. And like, I'd have to like steady my breathing because all I was thinking about was sex and I didn't want to. And I was like, this is bad. I shouldn't do this. But oh my gosh, no, I'm talking to her. And apparently, like, well, yeah, because it was, this con- it was this conflicting thing. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Oh man, I don't want to be thinking about having sex with her. Oh my gosh, do I want to have sex with her? Like, not, what would normally would not even pop in my brain was popping in my brain because mm-hmm. that's what was pushed. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I, and, you know, I, you know, I fell into different uh, promiscuity as a teenager. And I think other people, other kids have acted out differently. I've heard, you know, we, and that some of the ones like uh, what I'll also hear in the fundamentalist circles is a lot of same sex um, actions because you're so segregated from boys and girls that when you have these urges and you start talking to your your friends about it because you can only do that in secret with them, mm-hmm. that suddenly you start exploring that way, um, which is why you also might hear of an older brother who molested a younger brother or yeah. um, in high school and middle school where these kids start engaging with each other. It's not good. Like, it's not yeah. a good environment. So the biggest thing is allow things to be a little bit more natural. Not saying to the point of like, oh, you should have sex before marriage and do whatever you want because that's not okay because there's a lot of studies that show that's actually very harmful. Mm -hmm. Those who are the most successful marriages, those who have the most, like, are those who save themselves. Mm -hmm. Those who are the most successful marriages, those who are happiest in marriages are those who save themselves. There's a lot of psychological science we could break down on how that works and why. That's This isn't the time for that. Yeah. But that's a good thing. That's a good goal. So how about you just raise your kids with not sexualizing everything as they're getting older, don't sexualize them, and then when they're talking to boys and girls, act casual about it and just, hey, what are you guys talking about? Hey, do you like so-and-so? Do you want to have them over for dinner? And encouraging a natural getting to know you experience without all of the sexual scare, because I think somebody, and what is this an overreaction to sex, like teen pregnancies and stuff like that. It comes from a good, mostly from a good place, right? Like you don't want them to act in yeah. that way, but now that you've created this environment and add on top of authority, unquestionable authority, you have a, you have an, a culture 
ripe to be abused. Yeah. Right? Well, when I asked you about this before, the other thing you also mentioned is because all these rules for men and women inside that culture, the other thing it pushes you besides might push kids towards their siblings or same-sex attraction, but also pushes them outside the culture to find – to be able to engage in at least um, with the opposite sex – outside of their culture and then that brings them with other people that are not christian and mm-hmm. are not maintaining the same morality that they have and now they go down a, a different path that's destructive yeah because what you have now is people going well i have these urges this is bad and they might talk to somebody finally at work if they're mm-hmm. like a teenager we're gonna fast food or something and then like oh what no that's freaking weird bro and then they start getting them into doing worse things, mm-hmm. um, you know, hookup culture, drugs, whatever. And then it's like, no, man, that's normal. And now suddenly, because your kid was ill-equipped, because they don't know anything about self-control anymore, because they were controlled their entire lives, you are creating a situation where your child is ill-equipped to deal with it. And that's one of the big things with the the fundy world is that they teach control, like they teach, a, they teach control where they control your environment, but they don't teach you self-control, which is your personal responsibility, how you can do better. And they say, no, no, you can't be trusted with your own self-control. Therefore, we have to create an environment that controls everything around you. Well, what is human nature going to do once you do that? You're going to buck the system, but because everyone's so appearance focused, you can't be open about your struggles. So everything's done in secret and anything done in secret gets worse. Yeah. Right. The docuseries mostly just danced around what you said, but didn't actually engage in the actual underlying issue they just right. want to throw stones at christianity fundamentalism group them together if they would actually had someone on the show that could actually articulate it the way you did that might have actually made a much stronger point and actually help some people that are still right, and actually in helps that some culture cri- right and help some christians who are who are in that culture just out of that culture realize what the problem is like why because i i'm not the only person who's noticed that these these type of abuse situations are rampant mm-hmm. in these groups and it took me a long time because i dealt with some people close to our family that had similar situations happen. And I, and I in my early 20s, I went, why? Mm-hmm. Right? And I started digging into this. And it's like, a, like there's plenty of data and studies on it that kind of like kind yeah. of show why this happens. And it, it just it bothers me that the show didn't do that because I'm like, dude, that's what's causing it. That's what caused it. Like, um, because, and, it's, and especially in sexual stuff, because they've even shown like in porn studies, when people get involved in porn, it's usually pretty like standard pornography. If, if mm-hmm. And I'm using standard pornography as like as very base terms here, okay? No pornography is normal. No, pornography yeah. is not a normal thing. It shouldn't be a normal thing. Stop normalizing pornography. Just not the stuff that's going to get you arrested. Right. <laughs> but what happens is that people will say that, oh, I got into this, and then I got a little bit into this, and then I got into this, and then I got into this, and suddenly I was in some really violent, hardcore porn. Yeah. Um, and it's because it just keeps getting worse because you're doing it in secret. Um, there was a... Yeah, secret sin begets more secret sin, it Exactly. Seems. And it just gets worse because there's no you know, self-control and there's no, um, no one knows about it. It's a secret. Mm-hmm. There's a, there was an episode that of one of those like middle ground kind of episodes, but it was like guys talking about like their sexual issues, like what it's like growing up in, in oh, during this yeah. time. And one of the guys said that he's a straight man, like, but then he found himself watching, got to the point where he's watching tran- tranny porn. And he's like, I don't know why I got there. He's like, I'm, I'm like ashamed of it. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's why. Because once you do something serious, it just gets worse. And unfortunately, sexual sin tends to be like one of the worst ways that that happens. Yeah. So I'm just like, Joshua Duggar is an absolute creep. And he definitely takes full responsibility. But that's why you will see that happen. 
is because it creates such an unhealthy sexual environment where everything's so upside down. And all the upside downness is an intent to try to protect. Yeah. And that's the irony. backfires. <laughs> right. As opposed to going, no, no, those... Or at least can. Right. Or where instead of going, no, no, those sexual urges are normal. That's a good thing. Mm. Hey, that's what encourages you to get to know somebody of the opposite sex. But you must learn to self-control. Not, I can't control you. You have to learn to control yeah. yourself. Be sexually chaste. Protect your, your, the, your boyfriend or girlfriend from your own sexual urges. Yeah. And the consequences that can come from it until you're ready to consummate your marriage covenant. Yeah, and you're not going to be safe from sexual sin just because you're listening to your dad and and following the hierarchy of whatever where it says like, oh, if you're in this umbrella of protection because you're listening to the person above you, then nothing bad's going to happen to you. No, if you do bad things, bad things are going to happen to you. Right, one hundred. Some things, sometimes bad things just happen to you. Absolutely. So that's like my my little insight there. Um, I'd be curious your guys' thoughts on that down below. Uh, and if you have any other insights, why do you think the, the, this abuse is rampant in these type, types of circles? And why do you think um, people are so quick to cover it up? I think, I, I think I've already expressed my views and opinion here. And I hope you guys can understand what I was trying to say there. Like I, I struggled with like trying to find a way to articulate yeah. it. It took me a long time to figure out how to articulate it. So I hope I didn't bomb it. Did I at least make sense to yeah, you? Yeah, it made sense. At least we had several conversations about this before filming this just – kind of hash out these ideas and I wanted to understand it from your perspective not being from that culture so it makes sense to me now as an outsider so either I'm just smarter than the rest of you guys or you did a bad job I don't know <laughs> <laughs> or you just read my mind which happens pretty frequently with you and I so anyway guys shiny happy people um, I thought it was decent where it meant to expose things. I thought it did a good job at exposing some of those things like Bill Gothard's abuse, uh, Jim Bob being a piece of garbage. Um, yeah. I, I thought it did a good here. I thought, I definitely think it pushed, uh, an anti-Christian swing and lumped a bunch of things in together. Um, but I'd be curious your guys' thoughts down below. So let us know your thoughts down below. Let us know why you think abuse is rampant in these circles. And as always, we appreciate you watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe and all of that. And, uh, Yeah. And Brian, do you have any other things to say? I would just say we're not saying don't watch the show. Just watch it with eyes open. Realize that everyone's trying to put their best foot forward, and there's definitely something they're trying to accomplish in here. I think they accomplished some of the good things they accomplished well, exposing some of the abuse, exposing some of the issues. And where they went wrong is kind of pushing some left-wing agendas, being uh, conflating just normal Christianity with with fundamentalism and and not being precise in how they're evaluating this, um, pulling the, doing a little switcheroo on some of the people that they had on the show, um, pulling in people to comment commentate on it that probably weren't the best people to address this, um, but who knows? I'm not a docu series producer, so I would have done it differently, but. Someone's going to give me a ton of money to go interview a whole bunch of people and, and push some slant. I guess I'm up for it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll be dishonest for some money. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, I hope this was helpful for you. Uh, I wonder if you agree with our thoughts, what you observed, or maybe some areas where you disagree with us and was like, well, I didn't take it that way because I thought it was really interesting when I just made a quick post about my thoughts on how some people took it. I was like, oh, that's an interesting way. I guess I didn't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. It just definitely shows that the, the fact that the I think the show probably left a little bit too open for interpretation with this creative edits that seem to push certain ways but kind of leave it open to your imagination yeah. so but just judging by the people that they had on i made my deductions pretty quick yep so but that might be the cynic in me so anyway guys hope this was helpful for you um take care and god bless
And guys, if you want to avoid seeing obnoxious ads like this, we gotta be strong, we gotta be healthy. When you wanna feel nice and strong and satisfied, you gotta check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com, use promo code Knowles. Or that. We also want to thank Free Life Soap, because I don't know about y'all, yes. but I got a new shipment of soap yes, in. Yes, I did. Yes, sir. And it was great. Or this. Hi, guys. My name is Will, and I'm here to tell you why you should be a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Or that. We'll get to that momentarily. First, I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Are you aware that your browsing data is constantly being tracked and monitored? Please support us on Patreon. We do not want to annoy you filthy heretics with any sort of ads on this show. So when you're a Patreon subscriber, you also get access to our apologetics classes and other video content a whole month. You can support us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month.